1982, General Consumer Electronics attempted to bring vector gaming into homes with the release of the Vectrex. While the system was not a financial success during its initial commercial run, it has enjoyed a prolonged lifespan that continues to this day due to a loyal fan following and ongoing homebrew development. We discuss our favorite games for the system and whether or not the Vectrex is right for you, and so much more, in this, the 44th episode of Super Podcast Brothers Live. It's clobbering time. to this newest edition of Super Podcast Brothers Live. This is our 44th episode, a Vectrex-centric episode. My name is Andy Ryerson. I'm the usual host of this show. With me as he is on every other episode, including this one, Mr. Tim Evans. Yeah, I'm the other regular host. Yes. The the player two, if you will. Mm Mm-hmm. With the Mad Cats controller in hand. I'm pretty sure I've made that joke like eight times on this show. And I'm pretty sure I've I've always said that it's actually not even a controller. It's just a vibrator. (laughs) Yeah. Same old, same old. Good evening, Minnesota. And the rest of the world. Yeah, but especially Minnesota. It's a gorgeous night out there for being, you know, the end of January. Yeah, it it really is. It's, It's, it's It's a balmy, what, high 30s out there? Yeah, it's tropical, dude. Which, yeah, for for Minnesota in late January, this is this is usually the time of the year that it gets where the temperature has a minus sign in front of it at night, usually. But not the case this year. Yeah, Every, not even just at night. In the day, it's like, oh, it's a high of one. Oh nope, wait, that's a negative one. But yeah, yeah today it was like I think thirty six. Mm-hmm. Oh. A little bit of snow, but you know, not not it's, bad. It's it's like a soft meltable sand from the sky in Minnesota. <laughs> it really is. Yeah, it's been a weird winter. It hasn't really been that cold overall. So, well, it's not uh, it's not global warming because that's a it's a lie perpetrated by the Chinese. They're as alternate we all facts. Know. Alternate facts. It's, that's not even an alternate fact. <laughs> you're anyway. You're no. You're wrong. Hold on. Where, where is it? Where, no, it, you're wrong. They're laughing at us. Shut up. They're laughing at us, at our stupidity. See, these sound effects were funny when we first started using them. Now, now they're, they're just... depressing. Yeah, exactly, because it, it's a reality now. Before, it was just like this weird circus sideshow that was going on in our country, but now it's our reality, so it's it's not as funny anymore. I, Shut up. Sorry, wanna, Mr. President. I want to... <sighs> I want to preface this show by saying that I'm sick and I'm losing my voice and I am on Dayquil, ibuprofen, and I'm drinking alcohol. <laughs> so um, Normally I'm just drinking alcohol. 
So Tim will likely be passed out by eight o'clock. Well, no, that's that's what I normally am. I normally go like, "Damn, did we finish that show?" And I listen back to it, and by the end, I'm like, "And you know what? I think that it's just a great game." Ugh. So it'll be the same, except now you know that it's more than just the alcohol. <laughs> Fair enough. Unless well, anyone from my work is listening, in which case I do not drink. No, not at all. No. No. All right. Well, thank you, everybody, for joining us. If you're watching live or if you're listening on the podcast or watching the live stream replay, we do appreciate your patronage here at Super Podcast Brothers Live. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Super Podcast Brothers and on Twitter at Podcast Bros. We're also on YouTube. You can find the link to that on our website, which is SuperPodcastBros.com. And if you have something to say about anything we're talking about, in particular the Vectrex on this episode, you can call our hotline at 612-424-3632 and you can be on the show and give us a piece of your mind. That's 612-424-3632. And, and for, before- out of, for out of, uh, out of United States callers that may, for some reason, waste your money by calling us, that's a one in front of it. Yes. Because America's number one. Is that how it for works? Some, for some reason. It goes by know. ranking. Po- country power rankings determines your phone prefix. I think it goes by prefix. obesity ranking, actually. <laughs> well, that, perhaps And that also, well. don't call in if you have a differing opinion. Because if you have a differing opinion, fuck you. No, I'm kidding. Please call in. Yes. Please call Especially if you have a differing opinion. <laughs> yeah. that, Please, that, Carl64, whatever the fuck yeah. your name is. I, I miss I miss hashtag real gamer Carl. I I honestly think he might have killed himself halfway through the Nintendo Switch presentation because oh I hope uh, not he's I've, a gem. I know I, I'm hoping he comes back to us, but nevertheless he's a he's a um he's a god of himself. He's yes glorious. Well, before we get into the the this episode's material, I wanted to talk a little bit about what we're doing for next show. That way we can plant it in people's heads, and uh, maybe they'll be more. Uh, more apt to participate. Next episode is going to be a special episode because it's about it's about a game that is very near and dear to our hearts and is just cemented itself as being a part of this show. It's it's all over our branding. The game has become our mascot, and that is Werewolf: The Last Warrior. I thought you were going to say Kickle Cubicle. No, although although that's that's a that's a game that's near and dear to my heart because of this show as well. I- I kind of wish we would have picked that for our mascot because it's such a better game, but infinitely less metal of a mascot. Oh God, to have. yeah. The only thing more metal than Werewolf: The Last Warrior is Wolf Child on the Genesis or Sega CD. <laughs> yes, with yeah, his we're... animated pecs on the Sega CD. Yeah, go back and listen to episode two. No, don't, don't, don't please don't. God. So bad. Actually, no, that one's fine because we were recording it at your apartment. On one mic, and it was That's a true. good mic. So that one actually sounds okay. But one, and then three on until, like, I think 15 or something. Or well, just- wasn't that also the episode where, like, the last half hour of it is us playing Who Wants to Be a Millionaire for the PlayStation? Yeah, and it was awesome. <laughs> and it was also the same time that we put out the video of us playing uh, uh, Chowaniki. Yes, although th- that audio is not in there, but I think that we did that the same night, and that is on YouTube. The video is up there on—is it on our channel? Or is it's it on. on it's on the Retrovolve uh, YouTube channel. 
But you should check it anyway because they yes. do some cool stuff. Yeah. So I, I was kind of thinking since we're we're doing the we're we're going to be covering the game that's kind of been the the long-running joke of this show not a joke we love it it's the greatest game ever but you know it's 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 the mascot of our show i I figured we should all since we never did like a proper two-year anniversary and since it's almost going to be the two-year anniversary of when we switched the show name to super podcast brothers we could also do a little bit of a retrospective on the show as well so we're going to be kind of talking about the, the why we do this show and and maybe you can all get to know Tim and I a little better because we don't talk about ourselves enough and I, I'm serious we and and that's intentional I I really want to make the games the focus of this show but I also think for for once it'd be nice to kind of peel back the curtain and we can talk about why we do this show and talk a little bit more about ourselves so our listeners we, out there can get to know us a little better and not well, just the games that we like We'll be even more self-indulgent than usual. It'll be fun. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And also what I would like to do... I'm, oh, I'm, I'm, being, uh, being self-indulgent, I will <laughs> plug this right now. On that Retrovolve channel on YouTube, I did an actual review of Werewolf the Last Warrior. And I nobody else thinks it's funny because it, I guess it's not. But I laugh. I, I've rewatched it once and I still thought it was funny. So... Go check that out. I, yes. I played it and I went from like loving it to hating it by the end. Yes, that that a link to that will be in the episode portal on superpodcastbrothers.com. A, a, movie, a movie teaser for a movie that we never did. For- <laughs> That's right. I forgot about that. Well, that, it was kind of meant to be a be a joke of a trailer, anyways. One day, one day, I would like to make our movie based on Werewolf: The Last Warrior, but it should be like like Rocky. You know how he yes. goes from being like a nobody, like I should break your thumbs, to like at the end where he actually does break his thumbs playing Werewolf the Last Warrior. Yes. That That's Rocky, right? It's the one about the guy in the military, isn't it? Who's like yeah. a Vietnam vet? I I thought so. Okay. No, I believe it's called Rocco. Rocco? Rocco's modern life. <laughs> Rocco's modern life. I believe is, is what you're Rocco's looking for. Rocco's modern life, uh, uh, first blood. Yes, he kills Heifer. Rocco's modern life makes, makes the hammers. last blood. Turns out that Heifer actually is like choice beef, and it was just this delicious fucking grilled hamburger. Mmm, hamburger. Grilled day is a very dangerous day. Anyway. Yeah. Another thing I'd like to do for next episode is if you have any questions at all, whether it be about gaming or about us in general, please send them to us. You can either uh, leave them at our Facebook page or tweet them at Podcast Bros, or there's a form you can fill out on superpodcastbros.com that s- sends us an email. That's probably the best way, the, the way I'll, I'll, I will uh, be least likely to lose it. So I'd like to have a segment, if, if anybody out there just has any questions on anything at all, gaming or not, whatever... If there's something you've been wanting to ask us, do so there, and on next episode, we will hopefully answer some questions if we get any. But uh, Although, spoiler, if the question is, do you like the flaming lips, the answer is a resounding yes from both of us. <laughs> there you go. I'll just say that right now, because I, just... I know it's right on the edge of everyone's mind. Like, yes. God, these guys are just so like sexy and smart, but <sighs> do they like the flaming lips? Yes. Yes, we Indeed. do. Indeed. In fact, Andy... 
traveled across the country to see them and met his girlfriend there or went with your you went with your when girlfriend. yeah that the, the that trip was the reason i met my girlfriend that's so good so yeah yeah that that was that was about two years ago as well all, all this has happened in the in the uh, time period of this show so that's pretty cool. One more thing I want to get to before we get into the episode here. We're actually going to be on the very next episode of the Pie Factory podcast. If you've been listening to our show for a long time, you know we are big fans of that podcast. And it's it's, it's cool that it, it's a show that we, we just started listening to on our own. And they're kind of now our friends now. At least I'd like to think that they're our friends. Either that or they've taken extreme pity on us. Um, but either I way... it's more pity. Really. Yeah. But either way, they've been extremely much, gracious much to us. Much better show than ours. Yes, I I would wholeheartedly agree with that. But I we will be. Li- I was listening to the Pie Factory before I knew you, and I believe you were listening to it before you knew me. Well, I don't know if that's entirely accurate because I think they technically started after us. Really? Yeah, but oh no, I've- you're right. Before we were the Super Podcast Brothers, though. It's possible. I uh, yeah, so. I, I don't remember the exact timeline. But, e- but we, either but we way. started listening to it independently. Yes. It wasn't like one of those things where like you're like, hey, dude, listen to this podcast. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that, that, that was one of the best parts of our trip to Chicago was just binge listening to Pie Factory on the way back. That's all Good times. That's we did the whole way back. Yep. So yeah, we're going to be on their next show. I don't know when it's going to be out. We're going to be uh, taping it here in a couple days, and we're going to be discussing Mappy Tape. and WWF WrestleFest. And apparently there's a theme that links those two. Yes, that only I know. So if you have any guesses... Uh, God, it's going to be the stupidest theme, isn't it? Yeah, it, it, it is really kind of stupid, but yeah, keep an eye out for that. in them. Mm. <laughs> no, it's not that esoteric, but uh, yeah, that's going to be a lot of fun. Stupid. Yes. <laughs> I'm just giving you a hard time. Yeah, that's that's what we do. Yeah. Well, uh, just a couple of items I wanted to get to kind of in our intro segments. An, an update on an earlier episode. One of our, I think, it, yeah, it was our earliest episode since coming back um, last fall when we talked about Dragon Quest Seven. And in the time between this episode and last, I finally beat the 3DS remake of Dragon uh, Quest Seven. Do you have a um? Do you have a button bar for applause and and? Woos. I have this one. This is pretty close. Hey! Shut up. <laughs> Mickey Mouse capade followed by uh Mickey Mouse. <laughs> yeah, yes. and and uh you and I I believe you, um I for sure have started playing Dragon Quest Eight. I received it in the mail completely forgot that it was coming out that day and i i right after i beat seven i popped it in just to see the intro and make it to the first save but that's all i've played i've i kind of needed to i i really binged last weekend to to beat dragon quest seven so i just kind of needed a a bit of a breather but i did at least want to see it well i do want to say a couple of things to anybody out there um that is on the fence whether or not they should buy it if you've played the PS2 version and you don't hardcore need a portable version, don't bother. Yes, I would agree with that. It's because it's <clears throat> it is literally for the most part, I suppose, a port of the iOS version and it really feels like a port as far yeah. as like you walk up to a door or a pot or a barrel and there's like a little 
exclamation point thing where on the iOS version you would tap it and that's what would happen. Um, the graphics are kind of blurry. There is no 3D. Um, no. And um, they it's based on the Japanese version of the PS2. And I know this sounds really nitpicky and stupid, but in the Western release of Dragon Quest VIII on the PS2, they added in Super Saiyan-like hair for the main character when he goes into super high tension. And this, in the Japanese version, they did not. Originally, it was just he looked the same but with silver hair and angry eyes. <clears throat> and that's what you get in this version as well. They could change that later with software. I don't think they will. I don't think they give enough of a shit. Um, yeah, I I get what you're saying. In I put some thought into this because I did kind of notice the the some of the things that you're saying. Yeah, I I agree. If if you if you have played the PS2 version or maybe already on the on the PS2 version, and yeah, you don't need a portable version, skip it because yeah, it's basically own, the same if you, thing. If you don't own the PS2 version anymore, like I don't, I don't have it anymore. But I, that's where I played it and put the most time into it, obviously. Um, so I didn't play the iOS release. I just kind of saw yeah. someone else play it. Then, yeah, get the 3DS version. If this is the only way you have to play it, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, but and, if you happily have the PS2 version and that's the one you're used to, don't bother. Yeah. And There's I mean, not enough added stuff. There's two new characters, which is kind of cool. But I don't – I haven't gotten that far yet, so I don't know. But – don't think it's going to be worth it i really don't i mean you have read the somewhat love interest of yangus and then you have maury who yeah he's funny but he looks like a dope so i don't think that's really going to sell it i think that really it's just the idea of having it portable um that being said though i have put like 41 hours into it already i've played all, all my downtime since its release has been playing it and grinding and I don't have it anymore, but I that's where I played it. We are now joined at this time. <laughs> I was trying to think of a good uh segue to the, to uh to segue into this. But we are now joined by speaking of Pie Factory, Jimmy G from the Pie Factory podcast. Jimmy G, what's up? Holy shit, you got caller ID? Yeah, I, I, I saved your number so I, I can be forewarned next time. Note to self, change number. <laughs> might, <laughs> might be a good idea. So, I'm watching the live stream, and so, Tim, uh, are you either A, ugly, or B, too cheap to get a camera? Uh, I had to pay too many bills this week, or this paycheck, uh-huh. to get a webcam, but it's it's on the burner. It's on the burner. Yes. Yes. I see. It- it was supposed to be ready in time for this episode because, as I told Tim, I, I feel like it makes me seem a little narcissistic being the only one that you can see, but that will change. So I'm glad you brought well, that up to anybody else that's wondering that. I can guarantee that by next episode I will have a webcam, um, but this time I, I had a choice between either getting a really shitty webcam or not getting one at all. And, I mean, anybody who's watching the live stream, they need my face in HD, okay? So... <laughs> It's okay. And I, I hear that you're going to be moving the show to one of those websites where you can, uh, you know, give, like, gold for a private show. Is that true? Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. We need my to monetize cam, this thing sooner or later. Freecams.com slash <laughs> Super Podcast Bros. Keep your eye on that space. 
Tim and Andy on Chatterbait. <laughs> Chatterbait, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Wait, is that a real thing? That's a real site. Oh Don't ask God. me how I know. He says as he I won't. His eyes. I wasn't going to. Don't worry. <laughs> Oh look, we just got a thousand tokens. What is, it says thousand cho- tokens J O. What does that mean? Oh shit! Okay, uh, it says J O, and then it says Andy X Tim. Oh damn, we're not even in the same spot. So I thought I'd call and bring your show to a screeching halt again. That's a good, such a good. Good job on the last time I called it. Yeah, well, luckily we didn't have much time to get much, get really much momentum going forward, anyways. So, oh, there you go. You know, so so you you told everybody the bad news that you're going to be on our next episode, huh? Yes, actually, I, I already I, informed I think, everybody. Actually, I think of that's that. actually good news. I think that's actually good news, and I think you'll actually just raise the level of our show ever so slightly. Um, <laughs> you think our show is better? <laughs> no one. Uh, your next episode that we're we're guesting on, everyone's like, "Oh, we can skip that one." Yeah, those two dipshits are going to be on there. Fuck that! <laughs> and then everybody's going to look at each other, wondering who the two dipshits are. Exactly. Oh, they know. <laughs> is it Tim and Sean or Andy? Yeah. I was going to say, just two? There's definitely going to be four on that episode. <laughs> and, and I don't think Sean would uh, would deny. Hello? We lost him. I think we lost Jimmy G. Jimmy G, are you there? It's Jimmy G! Jimmy G! You've oh, created a time paradox. <laughs> I, snake, I, I, snake snake screw you in the ass with a chainsaw oh there he is Jeez, jimmy g huh well maybe he'll call back i hope he calls back because i was going to ask him about the vectrex i don't know if if jimmy g has played the vectrex but uh i might have to ah anyway what were we talking about dragon quest Yes. Yes. Well, I didn't really have much more to say. Um, well, I, I will say one other thing about it that's been changed that I've noticed, and that is the first thing that I noticed. Um, the menus are all classic Dragon Quest and not the PS2 GUI, which didn't feel like Dragon Quest at all. It felt much more, the developer level 5, felt much more like something they did rather than Square Enix or just Enix. Whereas this version just feels like it's got standard Dragon Quest menus. Yeah. Yeah, and I... Which I don't care about, but I've read on a lot of forums, people are like, oh, damn, I really wish they had the the menu system of the... the, the but it's like, who cares, dude? All right, hold, hold on one second. <gasps> He's back. Screw you in the ass with a chainsaw. <laughs> Although I think the last episode, we uh, I actually had there are some better... Um, Better clips. Um, yeah, I, I, ah. I've only had the time to get about halfway through, so once I finish that, I'm sure I'll have plenty of good material to pull from. I'm going to have to get just a whole separate board for Sean and Jim clips. What, what did we talk about last time? It was, oh, Kangaroo and Arabian, that's right. Yes. Yeah. I, I have a hard time remembering. And yeah, as far as my phone goes, that's what you get when you live out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, I'm like 65, maybe 70 miles from Chicago, but I'm in the middle of a freaking cornfield with like 
nuclear power plant like seven miles away and one of if, the few, if not the only, high-level radiation storage facilities in the country just a stone's throw from here. So, nice. you know, things get pretty wonky. Yeah. <laughs> Jimmy <laughs> so. G has seven legs, in case anyone doesn't know that. <laughs> yes. Well, technically eight. <sighs> just a third one. Yeah, don't ask about the eighth one. <laughs> so, what are your feelings on the Vectrex? I've never owned one. You know who you should talk to? Sean actually owned one at one time. Um, I've only got emulation experience with Vectrex, really. Well, yeah, but so still. I don't really, don't really know a whole lot about it. I did play, I have played a couple of games on it, uh, but, you know, not really a whole lot. I was, I was, I, one thing I always wished, though, is back then, um, Atari had their Atari Soft division. They're making stuff for, like the Apple II, the ColecoVision, Commodore 64, and all that. And I'm like, wouldn't it have been awesome if Atari did stuff for the Vectrex? I know, there was prob- right? There was probably not enough Vectrex units sold out there to uh, make it uh, justifiable uh, from a cost-benefit perspective. But imagine playing Asteroids and Space Duel and Tech Star Wars and... Uh, oh, my God, Star Wars. Think, like Black Widow on it. Star what Wars is the one awesome. game... Star Wars is the one game they absolutely fucking needed. That would have been amazing. That, and I think that's probably, well, they didn't do it from a cost-benefit perspective, but I think they wouldn't have. Actually, Parker Brothers would have ported Star Wars, now that I think about it. That was a yeah. weird thing. Because Atari had the arcade rights to Star Wars, Parker Brothers had the home rights, but Parker Brothers also did the home version of the Star Wars arcade game, and when you put it in the 2600 or in the ColecoVision or whatever... It had the Atari copyright on it. That was just a weird, weird situation. I guess I understand it, but it was still pretty dang weird. But uh, that would have been yeah. a system oh, um, seller, though. That would have been a system no, seller. No, no, really? no. No, one would have been a system seller for the Vectrex Tempest. Yes. Oh yeah, you're right. Tempest that's, would that's have kicked ass on the Vectrex, Atari, isn't it? What was that? Isn't that like purely in-house Atari? Yeah, that's pure in-house Atari. I think the only licensed vector game they had was uh, Star Wars and the Empire Strikes Back. Which really isn't... I mean, as far as... Oh, wait, no. I'm thinking of the Vectrex. I'm sorry. Uh, There's only one licensed game that I know of on the Vectrex, and that's uh, Star Trek. And that's not really well. If you're anyway. talking, if you're talking licensed from the arcade, though, you're, you're talking movie license. But yeah, because they had several arcade ports, which are technically licensed, but yeah, uh, I mean, Berserk. I got your point. Berserk, yeah, and I'm, I'm not going to steal your thunder because you guys know more about the Vectrex than I. We have no thunder. It's yeah. fine. <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> it's not the lightning; it's just the thunder. You never know when it's going to strike. Oh god, I guess like I screwed that lyric up. We're like, we're like, uh, my apologies like to the great Ken Band. Thunder from Mortal Kombat, except he's not wearing a hat. He's wearing like cutoffs and a t-shirt. His eyes are glowing. He's just kind of like sitting on a couch, fat with his hand down his pants. And like, God, I could be the guy. Wearing a Hawaiian, t-sh- Hawaiian shirt. Yeah, he's just listening to, to, to Jimmy Buffett all day long and just... Oh, dear Lord. Yeah. <laughs> Finish him. Oh, gosh. Margaritaville. Uh, don't even get me started. Jimmy Buffett's made a career out of one song. Yeah. He owned a freaking com- casino down in Mississippi. That's called Margaritaville. Figure Good that out. Hmm. Well, yeah, that's true. 
<laughs> He's I, I got more success so. than I do. Yeah, He's exactly. Got more success than any of us do. So there you go. I mean, hey, there's 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 big bucks in podcasting. <laughs> yeah, to right. I like how yeah. uh, big like bucks how- in terms of I've spent a lot of money and got none back. Yeah, no kidding. I was going to say, Andy, you mentioned earlier our our patrons. And I was going to go. Doesn't patron imply? <laughs> I was using I was using that word somewhat uh, uh, facetiously. I must have missed the I missed the first eight minutes of the show, so you know, yeah. I guess I can't really say I missed it, but I didn't hear it. <laughs> oh, I'm an asshole, <laughs> and I don't. Mind. Join the club. <laughs> well, Screw that's you why we get along with a chainsaw. <laughs> Bingo. That never yeah. gets old. Uh, that will be played to infinity on this show. Just for voting. Okay, get your uh, just um, get your record, re- recording ready because I actually use this phrase all the time when I'm by myself and something goes horribly wrong. Talk me with a chainsaw. There you go. <laughs> that so, that will be cut out and inserted next into the soundboard for the next episode. <laughs> See, we try to keep our language down on Pie Factory a bit because we are on a, also on a local network here in the southern Chicago uh, area, and they try to keep it a little. Uh, yeah, I, little... I hope I hope Hyde has his uh, has, has his the uh, has the bleep button uh, oh, ready yeah. for us. Yeah, He's going to be working really overtime. Was, I think was it last year, year before? It was it was in our first year. I think we did an episode around Valentine's Day about um, adult arcade games. It was the only time we've talked about three games in one episode. And uh, we talked about, let me think, Puznik by Taito. Um, yeah, uh, Lady Killer oh, by Comad, and one called Miss World Nude oh, 96. God. <laughs> um, first of all, as far as Puznik goes, um, You'll see that in average arcade, but there's a dip switch in the machine, and if you flip it, uh, every time you uh, finish a level, uh, one there's like a, a picture of a beautiful Japanese girl who will come on the screen and lose one piece of clothing each time. Um, so you'll see that game in regular arcades. Just ask the owner to like flip that switch if you're that much of a pervert. And then there was uh, the, the game Lady Killer. Uh, no, that one wasn't by Comer. I don't remember who that was by. That was the only one of the three games that we thought that was any good, uh, but it was just way too repetitive. Uh, we, we rated that one three continues. And then Miss World Nude 96, and I think Sean said I put it best when I said, this is the kind of arcade game that the Mafia would have developed. Yeah. <laughs> it is. Oh, oh dear. Lord, it is such... They rip everything off. I'm pretty sure I heard somewhere that the Pictures of the models in the game are uh, are stolen. Yeah, it's just it's a it's a ripoff of uh, of the kicks formula, where you're just trying to you know separate you know the screen into different geometric things, and it's got a weird system where I, I haven't totally I hadn't totally figured out where there's like a meter at the top of the screen, and if you don't like clear out like the the correct areas of the screen, it'll move to the left, and if it moves all the way to the left. The, the sexy model that you're trying to uncover the picture of will turn into like something grotesque and stuff that was ripped out of Nightmare on Elm Street and Hellraiser films. And yeah, I'm not kidding about that. <laughs> and, I've, uh, I've had enough boners of mine killed playing that game. Um, so you know whereof I talk. Yeah, well, like, 
who owns that arcade machine? Really? Like any machine? Like it's, I just see like Jeff Bridges in a dark fucking arcade, just like <laughs> the saddest boner, just like spanking in the corner. And then all of a sudden, they're like, Cloud would have been a much different film. It just <laughs> it just turns into like Pinhead from Hellraiser, and he's like, "Oh man, they Cloud killed my much, much different movie. They finally did it. <laughs> I've played that game with the cheats on, and if you turn the cheats on, you can have it to where you automatically get like ninety nine percent of the the board, and it brings you to a little. A, a little mini game. I don't remember, don't remember what the threshold of clearing the board is to uh, to get this mini game normally. But and then I, is that one? I think it's a a card matching game where you have to choose. You, you get there are two cards on the screen. Probably I'm, I'm sorry, there's three. There's one face up, and then you have to choose one. And then I think if it's higher, you go to a second round, and then you do the card game again. And then you have a pornographic animation of different sexual things happening to a random guy. Pumping and, um, the monster. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, that's one of them. <laughs> and, um, oh, dear Lord. Um, yeah, that was... Uh, but anyway, now that episode was fun because we had, we, were, we were on this, this network that tries to keep it PG-13. I knew the guy who... I know the guy who runs the network because we actually... He used to be my boss when I worked in radio. And he was like, and I warned him it was coming up. He goes, you guys will be okay. We still tried to keep the language best we could. I, I don't think we really bleeped very much out of that episode, but, oh, dear Lord, that was a fun one. Well, just for the sake of, <laughs> just for the sake of voting here, um, off the top of your head, would you say the Vectrex is worth having as a collector or, you know, yay or nay? Oh, I would say without a doubt. All right. I would definitely say it is, but if money, I, I don't if know money what, is no said, object and finding it is no object, like if you just have the opportunity to buy one and you have unlimited funds, is it even worth having? Just, you know, if you can get your hands on one, should you as a collector? Oh, hell yeah. All right. You should definitely get a hold of one. Just, uh, I, as I said, I don't have much experience with it, but I've heard about that there's a volume buzzing issue, but I've heard it's really not that hard to fix once you get it. But uh, have you guys seen the 3D imager for the Vectrex? I saw a picture of it in a, in a that was taken at a museum. Yeah, I've unfortunately I actually, never had the chance to, to use one either. So, yeah, I won't I be able to talk I actually had a chance to that. use one. I actually had a chance to use one about 25 years ago. And that thing is bizarre. It works. But yeah. it's bizarre. Yeah, it is very and, strange uh, looking, just but apparently it's, yeah, it's, it's really color. cool to play with. It definitely is. It's kind of a low-tech version of the Sega Master System 3D glasses. Right. Which, i got to get myself a pair of those. Yeah. Doesn't it, doesn't it have like some like spinning wheel thing on the front of it? Yeah, I, yeah. well, what happened was it... Color. Yes. It had, um, if, if I remember correctly, there was an overlay for the screen, like every game does, but half of it's red, half of it's blue. And then and you put a disc in the thing, and it spun the color, and uh, that created the 3D effect, and it worked. But it was just the most bizarre thing. Yeah, uh, I wonder if over time that would cause eye strain. Probably. Yeah. 
<laughs> I would I'm imagine sure. it probably every 3D thing does. And I wear glasses. Because so. there was blood yeah. all over the thing that I saw a picture of, so I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, sometimes <laughs> the, the thing would come unhinged from the, 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 the axle it spins on and gouge out your eye. <laughs> I cannot like, verify uh, if that's like true. Like in Shaun of the Dead, where they're Shaun of the Dead, where they're throwing the, the yeah. records. Yes, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Well, hey, I'm going to let you guys continue your show. I don't want to do any more interrupting, and right. I'm sure that once I hang up, your show will get a lot better because that's just the law of averages at work. But uh, <laughs> we'll talk to you guys this later this week, and we'll get yes. that episode going. And. Uh, I've been I've played WrestleFest a few times. I still don't know what I think of it. Yeah. So, well, I guess I'm we'll sure save I'll that discussion for for your show. We'll yes. Yeah. It's a All mystery. Right. Yes. Hey, talk to you guys later. Yep. Thanks, Jimmy G. Bye bye. Bye. There he goes, Jimmy G. Friend of High Factory Podcast. Yes. Good friend of ours. Well, there's just a couple of other things I wanted to quickly touch on before we get into the the Vectrex. I know we're we're pretty good chunk into the episode now so i'll just go over this quick but a few things i did want to mention um there was a kickstarter that i found the other day called is for a game called pinball showdown and what it is it's actually a uh, card game and a physical card game based around the concept of pinball and you play as the role of the ball on a pinball uh, pinball table i i don't Excuse me. I don't want to go into too much detail. There's lots of info on the Kickstarter. I will link it in the episode portal on our website if you want to check it out. But it looks really cool. I put down my money for the uh, for the Kickstarter, and I would recommend. But it has already met its goal, hasn't it? Yes, it has already met its goal. So but it not doesn't... all the stretch goals. No, and I mean, who knows? I'm guessing it'll be available at a later date. But to get it as early as possible, you want to get in on the Kickstarter. But yeah, I think it's over double its goal already. So not in danger of not, you know not getting enough funding. But I think it's got about ten days left on it. So definitely go ahead and check that out. I also got a a, a new game this past week that I wanted to mention, and I actually got a second copy of it today because I'm a sucker and it. Nintendo got me, and I'm almost ashamed, but I got the Amiibo edition of Chibi-Robo Ziplash for oh, the 3DS. I saw that. Yes. I, I got the standard version with just the game. It's seven or eight bucks right now on Amazon, and I, I can't say the game would be worth it at full retail price, but for an seven or eight dollar game, brand new shipped, it's it's about as good as it gets. It's 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 a pretty simple, pretty easy platformer. So if you're super into hardcore or like Mega Man style platforming, maybe not for you. But like if you're me. somebody like me, yeah. But if you're somebody like me that sucks at these games and likes things to be a little simpler and more about exploring, kind of like, it reminded me a lot of Kirby's Epic Yarn for the Wii. So if you liked that game, definitely check out Chibi-Robo Ziplash for $8 liked, for the 3DS. I liked that game, but I hated the fact that it was too easy. Yes, it is very easy. And I like my platformers like Castlevania and Mega Man. Yes. So it, if you're like Tim, maybe it's not for you, but if you're somebody that enjoys platform gaming, but it doesn't have the skill to be good at them... It's probably right up your alley. And, of course, Werewolf the Last Warrior. Yes, of course. One other thing I wanted to touch on, and I just had to show this on the show before I return it, because unfortunately and fortunately is scratched to death because it does suck. I found this vinyl record at Half Price Books called Donkey Kong, and it's got the arcade artwork on the front of it and a screenshot of the arcade game on the back. So, of course, I was super intrigued by this. 
Um, and it's actually, I, I don't know if I talked about this on the show, but I got a, a Missile Command one that was made by the same company. Um, but it, it's unfortunately really awful. It, it's Aww. really crappy, like, kid songs loosely tied to the game Donkey Kong. I was hoping it at least have a version of the, the music that's in the arcade game on here, but it's not. And I'm actually going to play the, the opening song from the, from the record during the, the next break. So you can just all experience how bad it is. But it's unfortunate because the, the cover is really awesome. It's taken right from the arcade, uh, the arcade game. So I'm a little bummed that I have to return it, but it, it wasn't cheap. So if it's it was, no pa- it's no Pac-Man fever. No, if it was five bucks, I'd keep it just to display. But I think I paid twenty-five bucks for it, and it's not worth keeping it for something I can't. For one, can't really play, and even if I could, I wouldn't because it's just bad. But it was an interesting thing that I I did want to mention. Where'd you find it? Half Price Books, hmm. right right cool. here in uh, Maplewood. It's where I actually buy a lot of my vinyl. It's not the cheapest, and sometimes you get burned on the quality, but uh, it's 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 right nearby, so it's a uh, place to go to if I'm wanting a, a vinyl record fix. Other than Dragon Quest Eight, I've been playing Super Mario Maker on the 3DS. I hear that's good. I, I've yet to play that or the Wii U version. Well, the downside of it is that, from what I can tell, you can't share the levels you make. Unless you're playing the Wii U version. Oh, yeah. Like, I can play people who, I can play levels from people who've made levels on the Wii U version, but the levels that I make, I can't share. That's kind of a bummer. Yeah, that is a bummer. I will say that the single player campaign, I guess you want to call it, there's like built in levels called Super Mario Challenge, and they'll alternate between like new Super Mario Brothers graphics, Mario World, um, uh, Mario 3, and Mario 1. And not only graphics, but also gameplay. So, like, in Mario 1, you can't pick up shells. Mario 3, you can. Uh, Super Mario World, you've got the, all the power-ups that come with that, you know, the cape. So, that's kind of cool. So, like, you go through these different worlds and different levels that all have different gameplay mechanics. And for someone like me who's been playing Mario since, like, you know, I was just barely out of diapers, it's a real love letter. Yeah. It would be nice if I could share my levels, but eh, I can deal. It was still right. worth, like, I got it used. I think it was, like, 20 bucks or something. Yeah, that's not bad at all. Yeah, it was cool. It, it's, I'll, it's I'll been have a to lot pick that up at some point. I haven't played a ton of it because I've been playing Vectrex games and then uh, Dragon Quest Eight a lot. But what have you just been playing Vectrex games and then Yeah, Vectrex and that Chibi Robo game that I talked oh, yeah. about that I really uh I really like. So Yeah, other than that, yeah, just pretty much stuff for the show. So Yeah, let's get into the Vectrex. You're so diligent. You're so diligent. I know. I know. I What can I say? I try a little bit. <laughs> you try more than I do. <laughs> I I just want to say for anyone out there, I haven't contributed a fucking penny to this show. Andy pays for all of it, and I feel like a big dickhole for not doing that. Well, it's out of love because this show brings me so much enjoyment to do. I wouldn't spend the money on it honestly if I didn't like doing it. So I know, but I do too, and I feel like I'm just not holding up my end of the of the uh, uh, garbage can. I mean, uh, the end of the <laughs> Well, you you show up every time and talk about this shit with me, so that that's that's all the the uh, the the heavy lifting I need, heavy lifting it, of the garbage. 
I've had people ask me, they go like, oh, you know, uh, how much does it cost to host the thing? I'm like, well, Andy takes care of all that. <laughs> and I go, I'm just the talent. It's actually not that much just to do the podcast, to pay for the hosting and the website stuff. Like, that's actually not that much. It's just the buying games and all the other extra shit that I do. But you would I... do that anyway. Right. So it's it's really not that much extra than I would spend probably otherwise. Um, but... Anyway, let let's uh let's get into the Vectrex a little bit, the the meat of this episode. I I did before we want, we got into our top 10 countdown. I did kind of want to talk about the system in general, not not the history and all that cuz you can hear a lot of other podcasts discuss that probably much better and more intelligently than we can. Just for one, being that we're kind of dullards in some way, and two, we weren't around when this thing came out. So I I think I was I think. Well, when did well, it come out? 82 i think yeah well i was that was the year i was born so. right but still i mean weren't I definitely old enough wasn't to playing video games i no. wasn't even i didn't even know what side of the playpen smelled the worst so. <laughs> exactly but i just kind of want to do now uh, i have, do though it's the east side right i wanted to have a little bit of a discussion on whether or not this is worth owning as a collector and specifically a a collector like you know somebody our age that didn't grow up playing this and isn't intimately familiar with a lot of the titles that it has and i think the answer is yes or no depending on who you are to be honest i as much as i enjoy the system and and kind of enjoy the novelty of it i don't know if it's for everybody especially considering the price that's kind of the biggest barrier of entry um but but i guess before i talk about that i, I want to talk about the things that i like about it that i think really makes it worth owning at least for me and perhaps other collectors out there i mean there's the obvious one it's the most unique console maybe ever that there is um you know having its own self-contained screen a vector screen you know you could only get that in the arcades back in the 80s and there's not another console like this at home and it's and it's not really even something you can emulate. I mean, sure, there is an emulator out there that's ham, but you're not going to get the real experience. Right. It's it's decent. It emulates the games well enough, but part of the Vectrex experience is playing it on that vector screen. So yeah, yeah. I mean, I know there's no such thing as true perfect emulation, but you know, the cartridge-based systems that are you know meant to be plugged into a raster TV, you. You're, you get a lot closer to the 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 true experience than you would with the Vectrex. Because yeah, with, with the emulator for the Vectrex, it's transferring it to raster graphics. Right. Am, am I right? I mean, obviously yeah. it's not vector graphics. Right, because it's, you know... So they're doing as best they can, and it's yeah. pretty goddamn close. Yeah. But it's I'm, not, it's not the same. No, I mean, you can get the feel for the gameplay, but like I said, it, a lot of the appeal of the system is that screen and the, you know, seeing seeing the glow of it, uh, you know, come you know, radiate off the overlay. And it's, well, and like and like I'm a purist when it comes to systems like the NES and SNES because they're two systems that I hold near and dear to my heart, and I can tell immediately like you were to to blindfold me in a dark room and I couldn't see until it started playing what system I was playing it on, I would know if I was playing it emulated or not on both of those systems just from the controller. Yeah. But with, with emulation on the with the with the Vectrex, I couldn't tell, but I could tell by looking at it. 
if that yeah. makes any sense. Yeah. Like the, the visuals don't aren't the giveaway for other systems. It's the controls. But for this one, it's the visuals. It's yeah. not quite there. Yeah. And, and you, you're lucky enough to actually have a Vectrex. Yeah, I, I got one about actually about a year ago now. Um, mm-hmm. had, to, had to pay quite a hefty price for it. What was it like 400 or something? No, I think I paid about three hundred for mine, and it came with a it came with clean sweep in the box with the overlay. So it wasn't it's not a great price, and I knew because I when I went to go buy one, I was like, all right, I'm just finally gonna buy one. I've wanted one forever, so I didn't wait around for a great deal. So I maybe overpaid a little bit. Okay, but did it come with a working controller? Yes, ish. That, that's that's a good deal then. It does work, but it's the not. Controllers in- are the the hardest part to get. Right, and that Easily. I I was going to discuss that a little bit too. Yeah, mine's not in the greatest shape. the The joystick's a little loose, but it does work, and it, it and it does it, it. The games are playable with it, so I I I'll, I guess I'll take that as a as a victory there. Um, the the other kind of thing I wanted to hit on with the Vectrex is that the all the property, all the games for it, the, the Vectrex. I think the Vectrex trademark itself, all of it's in public domain now. Jay Smith, one of the, I think the head guy behind the whole operation, behind the whole Vectrex project, released all of it into public domain. So emulation of it is actually completely legal, uh, as are the multi-carts that are pretty readily available. The 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 main guy that does them, Sean Kelly, does a does a printing of them, and that's actually how I got mine. I got my multi-cart just a few months ago, actually, in his oh, newest batch of them. I forgot that you got that. That's right. Yeah, so you can you can get the the multi-cart with all the all the uh, all the commercial games from the original Vectrex run, and a and a good chunk of the homebrews. They're not all there, but a a good chunk of them are most, there. Most of them. Nine, I would say ninety five percent. Right. And I mean, you don't get the overlays, which does suck because that's a big part of the experience. But to to own the entire Vectrex library, you know, be, it's not a huge library. I think it's around 40 commercial games that were released for it. So it's a very small library. But being that the sales were as minuscule as they were, the you know, the games can can be pretty expensive. So I have a handful of games that I do actually have the cart and the overlay for. Um, but unfortunately, if if you're a person on a budget like most of us are, you're gonna have to get that multi card if you if you want to experience every game. But I I think it's more than sufficient in most cases. And or you can be a cheap ass like me and just emulate it. Yeah, which uh, like I like we said, it, it's not the same experiences no. at, at all. But at the same time, I don't know this uh, if if the owning a Vectrex is for everybody. Um, I guess the, just the one more thing I wanted to mention, kind of on the pros side of it, um, like a lot of consoles from this era, there is ongoing homebrew development, so there are still new games coming out for it. So that's that's another advantage to to the Vectrix. It does have a, a pretty uh, a a pretty loyal cult following that that keeps supporting this thing and keep and has kept its lifespan um, extending and you know well into this millennium and. Yeah, that's great. I, th- I think that's really cool. So you're always going to have new stuff to play for this if you want. Um, I don't have a ton of the homebrews. Like I said, I have the ones that are on the multi-cart and a handful more that I bought before I got that. Um, so, I mean, th- th- there are plenty of choices of, of games to pick from. But I guess from from here, I'll kind of transfer into the, the cons of owning a Vectrex or the things to consider when... 
because the way I choose my retro gaming purchases is I don't uh, I don't view it as well. This costs three hundred dollars. To say that's the base price for Vectrex, a decent Vectrex, you kind of have to look at it as it's three hundred dollars, but. Would that $300 be spent more wisely elsewhere? Because let's be honest, you can get a lot of great games for $300 if you already have a, a lot of systems. You know, or you can just get a handful of, you know, sort of rare, really good games for that same amount. Um, so that is the biggest hurdle you kind of have to consider when uh, looking into owning a Vectrex. It's just. Are you going to use it enough? Is it is having that vector screen novelty uh, enough for you to to take that three hundred four hundred dollars that you could spend on Atari games or NES games and spend or it anything. in this? Yeah, or you know your <clears throat> bills, <laughs> rent. Yes, I, I would recommend spending the money on your rent instead of a Vectrex if it's one or the other. Um, for the record, yeah, yeah, eat before you play vector games. I think yes. that's a rule for life that we can all yeah. cling to yeah and i mean like i mentioned the, the library is fairly small especially for the original commercial releases so there's really a not a whole lot to pick from after you make that in additional investment and i'm just gonna say it a lot of the games aren't that fun um, although i will say this owning a vectrix is pretty fucking dope i mean like it's a conversation piece it looks really good in your apartment. Yes. And like people will, I mean, like I know this sounds so cliche and shitty, but like, <clears throat> let's say you have like a, a couple of friends over for drinks or whatever. And like, you're all into like retro gaming and shit. Maybe they're not quite as like into it as you are. You have a Vectrex sitting there. They're going to go, Oh shit. What the fuck is that shit, dude? Yeah. Like, oh, it's my Vectrex. It, like, it, it does up your nerd cred quite a oh, bit. Oh Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so like, there is that. You have an Intellivision. You have a you have a, a, a twenty six hundred. You you got a fifty two hundred, a seventy eight hundred sitting there. You got like an NES. Everyone's got an NES, dude. You're not even cool. But like, you got a Vectrex sitting there, and like it works. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you're gonna be slaying vaginas all night long. <laughs> I I can neither confirm or deny that. Uh huh. Uh, yeah, that's proof right there. I can't confirm or deny that. <laughs> Guess who's getting laid tonight? Andy. <laughs> and I'm saying. sure it's entirely due to my Vectrex. Just saying. Yeah. Uh, you, I mean, you'd mentioned the controller, too, and that being an issue. And that and that is probably... That and the the, the reliability of the screen on the Vectrex, the two, uh, the two biggest... I don't even say they're flaws, because it's it's coming up on, you know, almost 40 years of, uh, you know... This thing's almost gonna be—it's you know, gonna be forty year, forty years old in a handful of years. So it's old technology, and even even the most quality, the the best built technology is is gonna struggle to operate functionally in forty years, and especially Pretty something like technology. Yeah, well, and you know, especially something with a vector screen and an analog joystick. The uh, yeah, the the vector or the Vectrex joystick is is fully analog, which is cool, but also. It, it, just like the Nintendo 64, uh, it it leads to loose, uh, broken joysticks fairly easily. And the problem hey. with the Vectrex is that it's not easy to repair. They have this this uh, m- this plastic molding on top of it, and the screws to open up the controller are under that. And there really isn't a way to take it off that will allow you to put it back on. That 
you know, when you take it off, it's not going to break. I guess once you do take that off, you can repair the joystick pretty easily with the, the springs from an Atari cartridge. But you have to take that original faceplate off the controller, and you're not getting it back on, which really, really sucks. Well, you know, um, speaking as a piece of 1982 hardware, my joystick's pretty loose, too. <laughs> and this faceplate can't come off because I've been trying. So I can speak from experience. Me and Vetrex, we're in the same boat here. It's old technology. Sometimes the joystick's a little bit loose. Sometimes it dangles. It comes with the territory. And sometimes it doesn't come. You know? Just saying. So don't well, there's too, that. Don't be too hard on it. Because <laughs> I can't be too hard on it myself. Fair enough. Ladies. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I'm not... I'm not I'm not lobbying this as, you know, criticism at the Vectrex. No, no. I'm just saying this, it's just a symptom of old hardware, and it's it's just something you have to deal with. And like I said, the screen, the dreaded white dot uh, screen issue to where you turn on the monitor and it's just a white dot in the middle of the screen. And yeah, basically that, that involves some really uh, heavy electronics work on the system, which I would never even consider but. trying myself and while my screen does work it is functional i can play games it is a little off center so if you put the overlay on it doesn't match up quite right with the uh with what's on the screen and i, I guess there is a way to fix that too but i just don't trust myself i don't want to ruin my vectrex i'd rather have it a little a little flawed than completely broken so the, these are just all things you have to consider it is a high maintenance system a potentially high maintenance system uh, at the rather. same time though i mean like if you can get your hands on a working Vectrex with a controller that even kind of works for under five big ones, do it. Why not? If you're in, yeah, if, I mean, you're, if, if you're into retro collecting and you can get a working one, get one, put it in your house or your apartment, make it a make it a centerpiece, and then if you really are like hardcore into, I don't know, scramble. Just emulate it when you want to play it all the time, and then every once in a while, actually fire it up on the system. Get a multi card, yeah. but like you know, let it let it rest. Don't 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 stress your 2017 Vectrex. You know, it's a it's a it's a uh, an antique at yeah. this point. Don't be too hard on it. But if you have the opportunity to get one for even a halfway decent price, and you're even mildly interested, go for it. Fuck yeah. yeah, go for it. I would, yeah, I would say at the, at the very least, seek out one to play. If it's if you don't necessarily want to get one, at least seek one out and give give yourself a chance to play it at least once. And yeah, if you are mildly interested and you have the money, I would say go out and get one. If you don't find yourself playing it a lot and you have experienced it and kind of, you kind of feel like, all right, well, I've seen and you know I played the Vectrex, I can move on. You can always sell it for a good price. Too. Oh yeah, definitely. and somebody else can enjoy the the wonderful gift of Vectrex gaming in their life. Which I don't know, I I might do at some point, but I think I'll probably no, hold on to mine to be it. honest. Yeah, because you know what, someday when you have like kids and grandkids. You can show that to them, and they will, it will blow their mind because it's so smooth, right? And yeah, that, so that is it's true. so different. It's so it's such a relic of its time, especially considering that it has a built-in screen. It is the only system I know of. Yeah. Of well, the, I mean, other than like you know the Game Boy <laughs> portable system. No, no, no. But, yeah, I mean a I mean like a, a sit-down console, right? 
And I've been trying to source now that I have, you know, a job like an actual one that has paychecks. Uh, <laughs> that I, That's always nice. Now that I, now that I, uncle Sam gives me uh, money and I don't have to tell them that I'm broken in order for him to do it. Um, now that I actually do something for it, uh, I've been looking for a working Vectrex because I really like it and it's hard. Yeah. So I mean, if, if I were in a situation where I lived in like a bigger city, like New York, San Francisco, whatever, where there's a lot of people and like there might be a handful of them floating around, I would probably have one already. But right now I'm just dealing with like trying to find one where the shipping's not ridiculous. The yeah. closest I came was I found someone who was selling a uh, an original Japanese one. Um. And they wanted like insane amount of money for it. I think it was eighteen hundred dollars. Yeah, there's no fucking way I'm paying that. I I love the Vectrex. I really, really, really enjoy it. I think it's an absolute gem of a system. And I I get an erection thinking about how cool it would look just like sitting with the rest of my systems. Um, but there's yeah, eighteen hundred dollars can go fuck itself. There's no yeah. Fuck- it is a lot. There's no, that's so bad. But if you, if I could get one for like 500 bucks with a working controller, no question I would do it. I would do it right this minute. Well, oh, uh, caller number one. Who is it? <laughs> I'm just yeah, yeah. Amazing. A bidding war for Vectrex live <laughs> on the air. I've got one right now. Give me five big ones. I would do it. I swear to God. Yeah. Well, hopefully soon you'll be able to get one. I I, I would recommend. I think you would like it. Like I said, it's it's definitely not for everybody, but I th- I think it is worth consideration, and especially if you're into the you know the early '80s classic arcade gaming, uh, you know, and really enjoy vector games like Asteroids and uh, Tempest and Star Wars. Unfortunately, there's not official versions of those games on the system, but but they're homebrews. Yeah, and. and- if I had a Vectrex, I would actually plug in my ZX Spectrum on my PAL TV, and I would have it right next to it. Because I I think that Vectrex was bigger overseas than it was here. Yeah, I, I, to be honest, I don't know. I mean, yeah, there was the Japanese version. There was, you know, did receive release in Europe. I, I don't know if it's uh, if it did better internationally or not. Uh, but it, it's still certainly something that something that that has demand today, and there is a niche audience for it. And it, yeah, it. I I would argue that you know the Vectrex is maybe more popular now than it was when it was released. Oh, definitely. Yeah. At least the 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 fandom is more feverish surrounding it. But the fandom surrounding all retro gaming is bigger than it ever was before. True. Very true. I mean, it peaked in, I would say, like 2010, but it's still way bigger than it was. If you were a dude in, like, 97 collecting uh, and television games, yeah, nobody gave a shit. But, like... Yeah. Now, well, if you're like going to like some fab coffee shop and you're like, oh, yeah, what do you do? Oh, I play the guitar and I collect uh, I collect uh, ColecoVision games. People are like, oh, that's fucking cool, dude. Yeah, let's have sex. Like that, that would not have happened 10 years ago, 20 years ago. <laughs> I guess. Yeah, it's, it's kind of like I. Yeah, I I was talking to my it's girlfriend chic. about this the it's other day. Chic to do it now. Well, yeah, and it, it's just it's it's more of a novelty now. I I was talking to my girlfriend the other day. I was like, I'm glad I went back and bought 
all the good Nintendo 64 games 10 years ago and nobody wanted them because now yeah. everybody wants them and yep. it costs about eight times as much as I paid for them. So, yeah, it's it's, it's a funny thing how, how, how the retro gaming scene works. Speaking but, uh, of which, do you have a copy of Bomberman 64? I don't. That's one I don't have, It's really fucking hard to find and I... I have a lot of fond memories of that game yeah, back It's a good game. It is a good game. It's totally unlike any other Bomberman game. Yeah. It's more like a role-playing slash adventure game. It's weird. Yeah. Anyway, we should yeah. take a break before we actually get into our topic. Yeah, I was going to say. I got a like a motherfucker. Yeah, well, I'm going to play this crappy Donkey Kong music, and we're going to take a quick break. But when we come back... We're going to be talking about all of our favorite games for the Vectrex. We've got a handful of honorable mentions as well as our top 10 picks. So stick around. The top 10 countdown is coming up next. Who's that up there? Why won't he stop? Throwing barrels down the Mario. What is his name? Is he up there for fortune or fame? Or is he out just to have some fun? Donkey Kong! Donkey Kong! Donkey Kong! Forty-fourth episode of Super Podcast Brothers Retro Gaming Show Live. I don't say the full title of the show often, but there it is. Let's see. We've got the top ten Vectrex games ready to count down for you. A lot of a lot of cool titles to talk about, definitely. But definitely. The, uh, First thing we wanted to do is, since this is such a unique console and there probably won't be a ton of opportunities to uh, to talk about titles on the Vectrex other than this episode, we do have a handful of honorable mentions that we did want to get to before we got uh, to the... Uh, to the top 10 selections. So we'll run over those real quick. The first one that I'm going to show here is... Uh, one that's kind of sort of based on a game that we talked about earlier that we thought would would have been a great addition to the Vectrex library, but unfortunately never made it. Um, and this is one that Tim had actually mentioned when we first started talking about the, the potential selections for this show, and that is Starhawk 
Um, if you're if you're watching the live stream, you can see some uh, gameplay footage, or perhaps you've already played it. But if if you've ever witnessed Starhawk, you can you can pretty easily tell what the influences are here. I, I think it's safe to say. Oh yeah, obviously. And that would be Pac Man, of course. <laughs> obviously, first person Pac Man. Crystal no, castles, it, duh. Yeah. Crystal Castles on the Vectrex would have been interesting. That would have Prob- been fucking awesome. Yeah. Probably not feasible, but anyway. That's beside the point. Yeah, Starhawk, very clearly inspired by the, the trench scene in Star Wars uh, A New Hope, um, which is one of the scenes <laughs> in Star Wars the arcade that. game. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you can see the the ships. At least at least one of the ship models in this game is very reminiscent of TIE Fighters. To the point of probably being copyright infringement, but uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. This this is one of the handful of games that were licensed from Cinematronics, was which was a, a, a kind of lesser known arcade game developer around this time. I mean, they, they had some fairly successful titles, but you know, they weren't anywhere near on the level of the Atari or uh, Namco or any any of the you know Midway, any any of the big name developers like that. Um, but that was there. There are a handful of of games from that were licensed from that developer that were reported over to the Vectrex, and this is one of them. Ultimately, didn't get selected because while it looks really awesome, it's one of the coolest looking games on the system. It's shallow as shit. Yeah, there's not much gameplay. It's none of the ships that are flying on screen can actually shoot you, so you're never in danger of dying. Basically, how it works is that you are given a a set. You're given a timer, and you have that time to shoot down as many ships as you can. And there are certain ships I think that'll extend your timer. Um, so there is a little bit of a challenge there. You can extend your extend your gameplay a little bit, but it just gets boring after a while because there's no threat to you. And and while it looks nice, that uh that novelty wears off pretty quickly when you realize the game kind of sucks. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. So ultimately, but it is gorgeous. Yes, it, I would recommend if you've got the multi cart, definitely fire it up just to take a look at it because it looks beautiful and it really, uh, really, uh, it, it's it's a good example of what a what what the the Vectrex's screen can do. So it looks nice, but unfortunately, not very fun. Uh, another arcade port for the system. This one, not a Cinematronics game, but a, a much a much more well known game, and that is Berserk. I, I pronounced that really weird. Berserk. 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 Would you like to suck my cock, Berserker? What are you buying? <laughs> what are you selling? <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, Berserk. I think this is probably going to be a surprise to people that know the Vectrex library that this didn't make the list. I don't... I don't there. It's not that I don't like this game. It's a very good... Uh, very competent version of berserk i just there are other games that i liked more quite frankly yeah, i agree so i and the, i love berserk but this yeah if i remember right i think you actually picked the atari 2600 version of berserk for for that list that we did yeah i prefer that version yeah and, and yeah and that, i mean that just the fact that there is good versions on other consoles. I, I really had to grade things on, on, on a Vectrex scale, and and a lot a lot of that was, can I play this game elsewhere? And for Berserk, yeah, I could. And, I mean, it, it's not a game that really 
needed to be put on a vector screen. I mean, it looks fine. It looks great on the vector screen. But Do you have it a didn't... frog in your throat right now? I, I was going to say, I, I, I feel like I sound kind of funny. Maybe that's... Uh, I hear it in my headphones, but I, I don't think it's me. Maybe it is. Clear your throat. <clears throat> Make it super disgusting. Man, I love chips. Yeah, I I was noticing that while I was talking. I'm like, wow, is, is that something in the? It's got to be something in the microphone. It sounded like a bubble in your throat. It's gone. Perhaps it was. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, on to the next uh, honorable mention. <laughs> yes, the next one I had, uh, kind of you in the have, same. You have all of them, by the way. I have no honorable mentions. I picked the five games that I really like that you yeah. did pick. Fair enough. Yeah, and to be honest, like I said, there I'm gonna I'm gonna be a little blunt, and per, some people might get angry about this, but I just don't think there are very many good games for the system. There are some good ones and ones that I enjoy, and ones that I think make the system worth owning. But a lot of the games just really aren't that much fun at the end of the day. The system is far cooler than its library. Yes, I I think that is that that is a good way to put it. One uh. One one game that really displays that uh, that mantra well is Hyper Chase, and this is one that I kind of waffled back and forth. Did I want to put it Same on? Did here. I not? Same here. And the reason I wanted to put it on the list is because it's by far, at least if you ask me, the the coolest looking game of the system uh, on the system. It's, rather, it's right there with me. Yeah, I I just really like the how. How the uh, how the the camera kind of pans back and forth, left and right. It doesn't it doesn't just sit behind your car in a fixed position. And I I just think that effect yeah, but is so cool time, on the vector screen. At the same time, though, like it's just the illusion of turning left and right. Right. It's not. You're not actually turning left and right. It's just the illusion of it. And while it does look cool, honestly, the gameplay is it's, awful. It's just so. It's it's kiddie pool shallow. It's so nothing. It's nothing and, well, to it. And it and it controls like shit too. This is yes, one of the does. only games that uses the actual analog controls that If you, you even it, tap that motherfucker to the left or right, you are flying. Yeah, it the controls were done very very poorly and it's so sensitive. They you can only use about half of the the Vectrex controller's range of motion. If you go if you go too far past that threshold, you just flying to the wall and yeah there are just a lot of issues with the gameplay beyond that uh, the game kind of plays a lot like enduro for the 2600 if you're if you're familiar with that it's, yeah, it's that concept true. where you're just going in a straight line basically and avoiding cars but there's a lot of them that uh there's so many games like that yeah oh my fucking god yeah and i mean like i said this game's kind of all about the visual novelty and but I don't know. It's just not very fun. Like I said, the controls are bad. There, there are times where there'll be a car that's basically it's like the Angus cow in Stampede, or it's just like <laughs> sitting in the middle of the road, and there's nothing you can do to avoid it, and it's just super obnoxious. It's not very fun at all, but it looks freaking awesome. So I, I did want to almost put it on the list just because since the the Vectrex system is one that's it's visual, it's such a visual novelty. I did, I did feel it at least warranted discussion it just unfortunately isn't any fun but it looks great speaking of visual novelty i was going to say this earlier and i forgot when you mentioned the overlays if you can just get a piece of plastic that is blue or purple 
you've pretty much got all the overlays. Yeah, I mean, th- there are people 99% too. 99% of them are blue or fucking purple. They <laughs> right. really, I mean, and, and a lot of them, and I'm going to put the hyper chase footage back up here. A lot of them add, ex- like on the hyper chase overlay, there's these horizontal lines in blue on the top of the screen, screen and it really distracts you from being able to see the oncoming cars. And there yeah, other it games- does nothing positive, only negative. Yeah, they could have just left it all green, and it would have been perfectly acceptable. I yeah. don't get it. I just there's some games that they add extra things on the overlay that distract you. I, I find more often than not the best overlays are the ones that are simple. They don't have a lot going on, but they just they they add an extra level to the gameplay. And we'll kind of get to some of those. I think uh, some the of the only, better ones. I think the only one that helps is the one with armor attack. Yes, I I I'm like in full that ag- one. The rest of them kind of blow. Yes, and we'll we'll get to that. But that was one of the main points I wanted to make about the game. So we'll save that. Um, just a couple more here that I want to mention. The the actual actually the rest of them that I have here, I believe, are all homebrews. Because believe it or not, only one homebrew made our top ten, which was surprising to me. But I did kind of want to highlight some of the ones that I enjoyed. Uh, the first one being V Frogger, which obviously That's awesome. is yeah, it's it's a really fun. Uh, version of a frogger obviously for the vectrex uh, v stands for vectrex <laughs> wait what oh my god you're right uh yeah i mean it's basic frogger gameplay but it has these really cool animations uh either when you die or uh you know y- you get the 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 frog in the, the little hole at the end um just yeah i mean it's it's nothing revolutionary it's frogger but it's done really well and i i enjoyed it unfortunately if you're watching the stream you see me hearing it uh playing it here on emulation for some reason it doesn't emulate super well and i couldn't ever get my frog into the little hole at the end of the level i kept messing it up but it is much easier on the actual version um so take that for what it's worth. But V Frogger, a very fun game. Another one that I uh, I really enjoyed that's also a, a version of a arcade classic is Patriots, which is a the, the Vectrex version of Missile Command. And it is a little limited in comparison with the, the arcade game. You only get two guns, one from the left and the right. There's no there's no laser in the middle or anything, which kinda sucks. But it's a competent version of Missile Command, and it it is a lot of fun. I I had a blast playing that. I disagree. The... I think it's a shit version of Missile Command. But that's How my so? opinion. Because you don't have a gun in the middle. Yeah, I mean that does suck. It does change the gameplay a lot. But that's my main gun. For what that's it my is, main shot. Yeah, I mean for what it is, it's fun and being. It, the, it, it's definitely it's definitely interesting. But yeah, I, I just if I wanted to play Missile Command, I would play it somewhere else. Fair enough. Let's see. The only other one that I had then before we get to the the top 10 list, or did I get them all? I did get them all. It was just the two. I thought I had another one, but that is that is all I had for honorable mentions. Long before that, well, when we were first talking about this episode existing, so this would have been quite a long time ago, I actually had a dream about the Vectrex, and <clears throat> my dream was a monochrome legend of zelda on the vectrex <laughs> which that, is Im- it's impossible yeah that would be highly improbable at least but in my dream it looked bad ass <laughs> nice. it looked so cool everything was drawn in vectors it was super smooth i just love that you dream in vector graphics i think that's pretty awesome all of my dreams are vector graphics son <laughs> all of them 
Nice. I've got vector titties all over my dreams. Nice. Well, how about let's get this list kicked off then officially. Tim, why don't you go ahead and introduce your first selection for the official top 10 list of Vectrex games for Super Podcast Brothers. I'm going to go with a controversial choice for my first one. That's going to be Clean Sweep. I don't think that's controversial at all, but I I, I guess I'll let you elaborate. Well, I've read on forums um, that people view Clean Sweep as being just a Pac-Man ripoff, which... Which it is. It is. It is the Pac-Man ripoff. But it has additions that definitely change it from Pac-Man. Most notably that um, you have to empty. Well, okay. I'll just. It's. It's. You're a vacuum cleaner going around a maze, picking up shit. You know, money. Dots. Yeah. <laughs> It's and supposed to be money, anyway. Is it really? Yeah, the, the The backstory is is that there's been like an explosion inside of a bank, and you have to take this vacuum around and gobble up all the the cash and insert it into the vault at the uh, oh, at the at the center of the screen. All the while, all the the robbers are there trying to get you, but weirdly not picking up the money. They're just I going after you. Love these n- pointless stories from back right. Away. Um, but yeah, um, so it's it's a Pac-Man ripoff. You're a vacuum, excuse me. You're a vacuum cleaner. You're picking up these things, and you get to the point where you are full to capacity and can't pick up anymore. And you have to go to the center of the maze, you know, where Pac-Man would normally start, and empty your vacuum cleaner, and then continue. Yeah. And then on top of that, there are power pellets, like there is in Pac-Man. But I think the fact that you get full to capacity is enough of a variation that it makes the game unique. And furthermore, and I can't articulate this, I never could articulate this properly, but I think that maybe it's just that one variation that makes this game fucking awesome to play. Like, I... I might have played this game more than any other Vectrex game just because that one change where, like, you're full, you've got to go back, but at the same time still avoid the the robbers that are after you makes it – it's enough of a change to make it a very different experience. Yeah, I would agree with you. I think that having it's that – It's a little- great game. Yeah, I, I really enjoy Clean Sweep, and like I'd mentioned in the opening segment, this is the first game I got for the system, the one that came with my uh, with my Vectrex, and it's the, actually the only game that I have had to take footage of um, my Vectrex. Unfortunately, the quality's not great because I was doing it with my webcam, but I could not get it to emulate, so I just had to take a, 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 a video with my webcam. But the good thing is I do have the overlay for it, which, as you can tell, is off-center a bit because of my screen, but... The the only thing that really the matters nature for, of the beast though yeah the only thing that really matters there's a little yellow rectangle to kind of indicate the the vault the center part of the screen but it 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 doesn't really distract you from being a uh, being able to play the game so and you're a good guy collecting the money to put yeah. back in the vault so that's cool yeah and you would expect it to be you're this deviant with like some super vacuum cleaner that's just collecting money for yourself but from what I'm gleaning here, uh, you're a, a bank teller who's being Mr. Good Guy to collect the money and put it back in the vault before these ne'er-do-wells uh, <laughs> take it away from you. Yeah, and like you said, having that that whole mechanic of 
You That's can't just go around and gobble everything up. You have to continue. And some people might find that annoying. I think it adds another wrinkle to the gameplay that, like you said, makes it different from Pac-Man. Is yes. it a Pac-Man ripoff? Of course. Oh, obviously. But if you're going to discount it because of that, you have to discount a lot of other really good games that came out during the era as well. Yeah, and- I think that that's a big enough change because there is zero incentive in Pac-Man or Ms. Pac-Man to stop eating pellets. And in this one, you have to use some strategy. Yeah. Like, how full am I? Should I go for those, you know, pieces of shit that are closer to the vault now? Or should I go toward the power pellet? Which I think there's only two. No, there's there's one in each corner. Oh, there's four. Okay. Yeah, so... And and how that works, too, that actually gives you an advantage once when you have that... that uh, you can the keep power going. pellet. Yeah, even if even if before the vacuum was full, you can continue to collect uh, uh, the cash while. So, so is it worth it for you? To, which are you closer to, the power pellet or the right. vault? Exactly. You got to make that call, and you got to make it in yeah. real time. Yeah, That's pretty cool. Yeah, the the one the one main complaint I have about the game is that it is a lot slower than Pac Man's, and in the f- That's a good thing, though. Yeah, I. In the first few stages, it's kind of annoying because it feels a little too easy at first. Once once you get past the first few stages and the difficulty picks up, the speed isn't an issue. But it is kind of a drag every time I fire this up, just having to play through the first few levels that aren't really challenging, just, just to get to the stuff that is. But that's a minor complaint. Yeah, that's uh, a really minor complaint because think about games like Super Mario Brothers. You could play the first couple levels with your eyes fucking closed, right. but you do it to play world three yeah so that's that's just the nature of classic gaming yeah no and yeah like i said it's a it's a very minor complaint it doesn't really take away from my enjoyment at all um yeah i I really like maze games you know pac-man clones whatever you want to call them and this is another good one i really like it even though it's not a game they could have done this game on any system it's not a game that needed a vector screen or the vector screen was it was an advantage for for this game it it didn't really need the vector screen but that doesn't that doesn't uh, take away from my enjoyment of it on the vectrex it's it's still a very good enjoyable game um yeah like i said it's a, a little slow but at first but that that's okay um, and correct me if i'm wrong but this is a this is a vectrex exclusive yes no unfortunately i i would love to have seen like a version of this perhaps someday somebody will make a 7800 homebrew version yeah i, I would be all over that 7800 would be sweet yeah but yeah as it stands now it's a uh, vectrex exclusive and it's a fun one and i i i would really recommend and this is this is one you can get fairly inexpensively even boxed with the overlay so i would recommend trying to go out and get this if you are going to get a vectrex um the I've one se- last i've seen this one in the wild yeah it's it's not it's not hard to come by at all yeah um just the one last thing i did want to mention about clean sweep there was a variation of this game called mr boston's clean sweep uh and there are only about 10 i think it was about 10 copies of it ever made and it was it was used as a a, a promotional item for mr boston which is a was apparently a, a liquor company and they they would set up the Vectrex in the liquor store, and it had this Mister uh, Mister Boston version. So apparently, you're supposed to play this game, and you would buy Mister Boston liquor. I think That's the old, awesome. Yeah, I mean it, it, it's a, it's kind of nonsensical, but kind of cool too. That's I think so the only, early eighties. Yeah, 
the only way it changes the game is I and I I haven't actually played this, um, but apparently it says Mr. Boston on the side of the screen. But other than that, the game is the same thing. The Isn't label is different on the cartridge too. There there might be. I, I just figured. I yeah, I just figured since I couldn't get the regular one to work, I wasn't going to get that one to work either. But if you want a uh, a copy of Mr. Boston clean, Mr. Boston's clean sweep, it's going to cost you the in the thousands of dollars well, to yeah, obtain it's a one. Variation, yeah, it's that's... one of the most uh, rare and sought after collectors items in retro gaming. Period. It, it costs a lot, and it doesn't really change the game. So unless you're a super rich collector. Yeah, not even worth even thinking about. But it is—it's just interesting that there is a another version. All right. Well, with that said, I'm going to go uh, transition into my first pick. Which one do I want? I'm going to go with—I guess the first one alphabetically—and and, the—and the one that I kind of waffled back and forth on with Hyper Chase, and this one ended up being the one that I chose, and that is Bedlam. Um, sort of like a reverse Tempest sort of game. and that sex of the sheep in this one, right? <laughs> I see what you did there. No, oh. you don't. <laughs> it's it's a lot like the the gameplay in Tempest, only you're at the center of the uh, of the funnel, I guess, if you will, with the enemies coming at you. Um, so in, in a way that uh, Clean Sweep was kind of the, the Vectrex's Pac-Man, this is the Vectrex's Tempest. But... The, but but reverse Having, Tempest. Yeah, exactly. Um, and it, it's an interesting twist on the formula. Originally, I didn't, I wasn't going to include this in my list because playing it without the overlay on the multi-cart, it just looks so dull. But this but is once, a commercial release. Yes, correct. This is an original commercial release. Um, but once you throw the uh, the overlay over Bedlamin, and actually, this one is is one of the overlays that kind of has some some flair to it but doesn't get in the way of the gameplay at all. Once you throw that overlay over it, it looks awesome and and to me to me the the uh how the overlay affects the the look of the game is really important for a Vectrex game and this this to me is the second best behind like you said armor attack like you'll uh, like we'll get to later um and Star Trek to a degree. Yeah, but honestly, that that game's really fun without it. So it's not a bad overlay, but no, but it, it looks cool when it's there. Sure, yeah, I'll agree with that. Um, but yeah, Bedlam, really interesting game. Uh, there are three game modes. I I I should have looked this up. I couldn't tell how the the second one was different from the first. But the game you want to play is game number three, where the stage rotates around you. Um, so each each. Each each level kind of has a different formation. One will be like a two pronged sort of a diamond shape. The other will be like a three pronged, and it eventually goes up to like a six sided star. And em- enemies will come at you from all six Shit, sides. I never got past the first design. Yeah, well, I I bet you didn't know this because you wouldn't know this unless you played it with the overlay. Like um, I d- like I did an emulation, and I didn't realize this till I played it in emulation. Button three on the controller actually engages a fast rotate, so you can rotate faster. Really? Yes. And I had I didn't, no idea. I didn't either till I played it in emulation, and that changed everything. So once I discovered that, then the game became playable. That because was very handy to know. 
Yeah, because your character just sits stationary in the middle of the screen and just rotates 360 degrees. And yeah, if you if you don't know about that fast rotate option, it goes really really slow, which you do need to be precise. But if you need to quick, you know, whip a 180 and get somebody, you know, get an enemy that's coming on the other side of you, then you know, without that fast rotate, it's it's really hard to do. Um, so crazy. once I learned about that, my enjoyment for this game went through the roof, and I actually. I think this one might be one of my top three favorite Vectrex games. Holy it's it's going to be in contention for that top spot. I, I haven't decided yet. But. I'm going to have to change my... I've already labeled these, like, you know, one through ten. I'm going to have to change that because I think with that knowledge, I would like this game a lot more. Yeah, and I did too. I originally played it and liked it without knowing that. And then once I discovered that, I was like, wow, I can actually play this game. It's still really hard, and this game will give you carpal tunnel like no else. It's it's brutal on your wrists. Um, well, I work in data, so I already have carpal tunnel. I was going to say, I, while we're on the subject... Pumping the monster. Had to throw that in. Exactly. <clears throat> but, but there are a few different types of enemy in this game. Um, the, the worst ones are the destroyer droids, which come down, and once they get... Uh, a certain distance in front of you they'll begin to circle around you so you'll be rotating your ship to try to get them and then they'll go back the other way and yeah they're they're a major pain in the ass but they 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 really add to the the, to the challenge you do get for every stage you get a zap which takes out everybody on the screen but you only get to use it once and smart bomb yeah, yeah, exactly. And apparently there's a glitch with this game where if there's too many enemies on the screen and you press it, it won't get rid of all of them. I never ran into that, but I guess that's something to know. Um, but yeah, I mean, really fast, frantic, Tempest-style gameplay. Like I said, kind of in reverse, but you throw in that uh, that that third game variation where the enemies in the stage rotate around you, and this game is just utter madness, and I, I love it. It's uh, This is another one, like, clean sweep i wish there was another version of this game somewhere maybe there's a homebrew version for something i don't know but on a system that's easier to come by (laughs) yes yeah and then this one it it doesn't need the vectrex or the the vector screen i mean it looks cool with it with the overlay but you could you could totally do this game with raster 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 graphics graphics (laughs) reggae yeah i (laughs) Yeah, this is it's a it's a cool twist on the Tempest formula. Very fun. I I think, well, that's definitely the game that, from the beginning of this process in selecting games to the end to where we are now, my enjoyment of it has increased uh, the most. So this was the biggest surprise to me. And yeah, it's it's one of those games. If if you're out there looking to 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 get to get some titles for your your newly purchased Vectrex, I would put Bedlam on the short list of one hard to ones come to by? get. I don't know if it is. I I haven't really looked into it. I I actually do want to get one, uh, an actual copy because it is way better with the overlay. Um, but yeah, I to be honest, I don't know for sure if this is one of the more rare titles. I hope not. All right. So that's all I got to say. Bedlam, quality, quality game. But uh, yeah, unless you've got any more to say on it, go ahead and begin discussing your next selection. I'm gonna go with Fortress of Narzad. Um, okay, before you start talking about this, what was the first thing this game reminded you of when you looked at it? Uh, nothing. Darn it. I was really hoping you would... Uh, Darn it! You're, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Darn it! 
I was really hoping you you would uh, have the same response that I did because I'll tell you what the first thing I thought of when I saw this game was that game in Most Extreme Elimination Challenge where I you have to watched it. Oh my God! You haven't seen MXC? I've seen a little bit. But, I mean, I know oh. the premise. I've watched maybe ten episodes, but I never watched it when it was on. Okay. Well, I love it. I really enjoy it. I want to make time to watch it because it's so cool. But well, um, switch over. Watch. Switch over to the uh, to the live stream, and you should you're see. You're fired. It. You, you go watch it right now. No, you'll come I, back later. I'm playing some video footage on the live stream, but uh, what basically what the game entails is, and I'll I'll replay the clip again in in case you missed it. Um, if it'll come on. Okay, so what the uh, what the game entails is that the guy there you have to run up this chute, and it's it's this, and it looks a lot like the the uh, the stage in Fortress of Narzad, and these giant boulders roll down after you, and you have to avoid them and get to the top, and you gotta run up the chute and avoid the giant boulders. Oi, oi. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And there's there's these crevices that you can dive in on the side, and there's guys in there that'll try to push you out. And of course, hilarity ensues. But I, I, w- I was hoping you you would have made that same connection as I did. But oh, I'm sorry, I haven't seen enough of that show to know. But Fair I enough. like the I like this game just because it's it's one of the few. I, I don't want to say multi-screen, but kind of um, games for the system. Yeah, it kind of is, and I I like how it feels. It it feels kind of medieval, and but it, it not even medieval. It's like it's like a heavy metal. The movie, like the animated movies, like medieval meets science fiction. Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of like I don't know. It's very unique, but it, it is in its in its most base essence a shooter. Yeah. It's a very interesting it's just that take. You have to be very, you have to be very aware of everything that's going on, kind of. Yes, shooter. it's not Galaga. No, it's 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 a much more advanced take on the Space Invaders formula, um, with with a lot of extra twists thrown in. The the first and most obvious being that the. Uh, the uh the stage isn't completely it's not straight there's there's cur- there's walls on the on the area that you can shoot and maneuver around and, and it curves and you can use that to your advantage a little bit and oh yeah you, definitely. you can shoot the shots at an angle they don't really follow real world physics which is fine i guess once you kind of get an idea for what you uh they follow narzad sh- physics yes exactly and once you kind of get the hang for it it's it's not a big deal the biggest issue i had is that if you if you shoot straight up and it hits the wall in the back your shots will come back at you and that's probably I like how i that. no I, I think it's really cool but i i haven't played the game enough to get used to it and that's that's more often than not how i died <laughs> I think, it got me so much i really like that actually i think that adds that if that wasn't there the game would be dull yeah no i i agree with you i just i suck so and so I, do I, I. Yeah, I, I kept making that mistake, and I'm like, I should have seen that coming. So yeah, not not only do you have to avoid the fire from all the all the monsters on on the on the table, you have to worry about your own ammunition as well coming back and taking you out. I think other than one other game that we haven't mentioned yet, and Clean Sweep, this would be my number three game that I spent the most time with. 
just because I like shooters. I'm a big fan of shooters, and this is such an interesting and unique spin on it that, I don't know, it's one of those games that, like, even, you know, in my pushing 35-year-old mind, I can kind of lose myself in the overlay of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah you, it's, you, it's a very fantasy-feeling uh, very immersive. God, it's such a weird thing to say in terms of yeah, Vectrex, but I think this is super immersive. Yeah, and you you, you mentioned overlay there. The uh, yeah, the overlay for this game is is really great too. It's God, so cool. Yeah, so I mean, yeah, it's enough. It doesn't really add much, but uh, it just complements the game really well and has this nice little mountain pattern at the top. Um, has has the name Fortress of Narzad in a really cool script, and they I I just love the purple and blue and green color. It's scheme. so it, fucking eighties. Yeah, you can yeah, see I, like this on like a metal cover from like I don't know Judas Priest or something. It's weird. Yeah, it and it I don't know what it is about it, but I just I I really like the the color scheme here. I think it complements the game Pur- really well. Purple and green. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it, um, for some reason it just works. Joker I, Corp. I did have a few minor complaints with this game, and it's it's not really the game's fault. It's just I think the limitation of the you know the graphical p- capabilities of the system. There are weird clipping issues to where the the monsters will disappear behind the the wall sometimes at really weird times that don't. I don't. It, it's hard to explain, but if you're watching the footage, you can kind of see it. The just the, how they clip behind the walls is goofy, but I don't know if the, I doubt there's anything they really could have done given the the graphical capabilities and and how vector graphics are drawn. So I get it. It just was kind of distracting for me and kind of threw me off a little bit while playing. Yeah, um, I can see that. Um, but yeah, very very cool game. Uh. A, a very you know like like pretty much i think all the games we've talked about so far have been the they have roots in classic arcade games but add add a different twist to them and this especially this one adds a whole you know a whole bunch of other elements that you need to to keep in mind while playing it i i really like this game i i'm no good at it i will say that it's not one i play a lot just because i'm really bad at it but i can't uh i can't I can't fault the game for my own inabilities. So, yeah, Fortress of Narzad, I I don't know if it's my favorite of the games you picked, but it's it's right up there. I think that and this is a bold statement, but I think well, first of all, if I were to when I do eventually get a Vectrex cuz it will be mine. Oh yes, <laughs> it will be mine. When I do get a uh, Vectrex, I want this game complete as in I want the cartridge and the overlay and anyone who's listened to the show for any extended period of time will know that my favorite arcade game is Gyrus yes I would say that this is my second favorite arcade style game wow yeah I I really love this game one thing I forgot to mention too, and I, I'm going to play it before I forget. I do like the uh, the uh, Ride of the Valkyries jingle when you start the game up. Oh, I love it. So good. Really sets the tone well. I fucking love that. And shit. makes me want to chant yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
yeah, I mean, all around a a, a really a really great package. Um, <laughs> I said package. Huh? Like a pumping dick. the monster. <clears throat> yeah, Fortress of Narzad, great game. Not not terribly good at it, but I'm I'm glad that you enjoyed it so much. That's really I can br- I can be crappy at a game and still love it. Like Gyrus, I love Gyrus. Sure, there is no fucking way I'm ever gonna even approach like top scores yeah well unfortunately uh this game is one of the more rare rare ones and to get a a complete version is going to cost you a a chunk of change but if you like the game as much as you say you do i'd say it's worth it it's worth it dream big tim i'll drop i'll drop i'll drop uh triple digits on this game there you go i wouldn't have a problem but i wouldn't have a pro if i was spending the kind of money that I feel like I need to to get a really nice Vectrex. Yeah. I wouldn't really care to go the extra mile yeah. to get and a boxed copy of That's Narzad. a good point. Yeah. Or, I mean, if- or as I texted you, Fortress of Odd Nards. <laughs> as my phone <laughs> alternate title. Yeah, my my phone autocorrected it to Fortress of Odd Nards. Yes. Yeah, I I I that is a good point. Yeah, if you're gonna spend the money on a Vectrex, why not spend the the extra money to get the games you really want to? Yeah, like the games that you absolutely because this is a system of love. You wouldn't sure. buy it if you were like, eh, what are you doing this weekend? I don't know, rearranging my sock drawer, buying a Vectrex. No, 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 no. You're dropping some serious Benjamins. You yeah. may as well like if you pick out like a couple of games you absolutely love and just get them like CIB, dude. Yeah. Good point. I, I like your method of thinking. Well, I'm going to move on to my next selection. No women do, so... <laughs> yes. <laughs> no girlfriend's going to be like, oh, yeah, my boyfriend spent $600 buying, you know, Vectrex in one game he likes. He's the best. <laughs> yeah, I don't... My girlfriend wouldn't say that, but she is very supportive. She doesn't tell me not to buy this stuff, so I guess I can be... She's a special case. Yes. Yes. But I'm going to go to my next game. The The games we've talked about so far have been sort of takes on Arcade Classic. My next game is actually just a straight port of an Arcade Classic, licensed and everything, and that is Pole Position, which huh? is, yeah, not a game that I would expect to be on the system, for one, and for two, be so good on this system. Um, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that this is the best way to play Pole Position at home. You might actually be right. I think uh, so. Yeah, I at least as it's far so as the, smooth and so it's it's not like arcade accurate, obviously, but no, it, it is as far as like the FPS goes. It is. Yeah, and the controls. I oh, I the think it controls are smooth. This is probably yeah. This is my favorite. Or I think it has the best controls of of a game on the system. Certainly, infinitely better than Hyper Chase, which was god awful in that regard. Yeah. Um. And and this this version, you're not the the the, the turns on the course are a lot more elongated. There's not really any sharp turns like there are in the arcade version, so it is a little easier. Um. But there still is a lot of traffic that you have to deal with, and uh, the the cars just are animated really really well. I, I like the the effect of the you know, the tire spinning on your vehicle, and having the the scrolling scenery in the background as you're turning left and right is a really nice touch as well. Yeah, I, I agree. It looks really nice. Yeah, 
I mean, there there isn't a ton for me to say about this because it is just a a version of the arcade it's game. So eponymous, yeah. Yeah. But it is surprising that this was one of the games they chose because it's not the most obvious uh translation to a vector screen, I will say, but it works really well and I like I said the you know the they pulled off the the illusion of motion really well with your car and this and with the scrolling backgrounds with the, that cool looking mountain in the background. The only complaint I would have is this has uh, the same sort of issue as Hyper Chase has in that it has these nonsensical horizontal lines cut into the middle of the overlay for some fucking reason. Yeah, it's dumb. It's annoying, but being that the cars are a lot bigger on this game than they are in Hyper Chase, it's not as distracting, and it doesn't really t- to take away from your ability to see oncoming traffic it's like it does. It's not horrible, but it's still completely meritless. Right, and 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 it looks great. Other than that, the the part of, the part where it's the road is just brown, and then above that is like this teal sort of color. If they would have just done that and not had the teal horizontal lines on the road, that would have been so much better. I. I don't quite understand why. This is a game that I would recommend people play without the overlay. Yeah, I, like if, I would. If you're too, emulating actually. this, um, turn the overlay off because yeah. it looks cooler without it. Uh, yeah, I would agree with that actually. I and that's how I play it, obviously, with my multi cart, and I, yeah. I actually like it much better that way. Uh, another interesting thing about this is that there was actually a version of this planned for the 3D Imager, like. Uh, imager rather that we talked about uh, while Jimmy G was on the line with us and unfortunately that was cancelled there isn't a, a prototype or anything available I, I'm not even sure that they even began work on it but th- there was at least plans for a 3D version of this which would have been cool but I mean the regular version is, is so great that I don't really think it would have been that great what's the point yeah I mean yeah I mean there really isn't a ton of point to it it would have looked cool but I mean, anything looks cool in 3D, though. <laughs> that is, that is true. Look at the 3DS. There's so much shit and fucking shovelware bullshit on there. It's like, oh, 3D for the sake of bullshit. Like, who cares? This Fair game enough. is this game is good. It doesn't need a gimmick. It's pole position. Fair enough. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, I mean, there's not a whole lot else I, I want to say other than that. I like pole position. This is a very good version for it. A surprisingly good version on a system that you wouldn't expect to see it on. And I think this is the definitive home version. Yeah. I will say the the only better version that I can think of, and it's kind of a cheat, is I think about 10 years ago there was a uh, a, a plug-and-play, like Jack Specific thing that they released that uh, had the arcade version of this on there, and it it had the analog rotary controls where the, the joystick on the thing moved like a, an analog rotary dial. That's cool. Yeah, and and that's the way that was a really good no way idea. to play pole position because playing it with just like digital D-pad controls just sucks. Yeah, it does. But I mean, other than that, like that that's kind of cheating, but not yeah. really. Other than that, I you might be right. This might be the best version of pole position available on a home console. It is fun. I mean, it's it's really smooth, and I think it gets as close. I didn't know about that that Jack specific plug and play. I think that as far as the versions I've played, this is the closest it gets to the arcade experience. Which it's really the meat and potatoes of the whole Vectrex system is like trying to bring that arcade experience home. Yeah. Even I mean, with the with the even with the orientation of the screen being portrait, right. you know. Yeah. 
And even in the case of bringing raster games to a vector oh, screen, yeah. you, you know, whatever. Fun. But it works, and it, it, it works does. really well. So, yeah, hats off to uh, Pole Position for the Vectrex. Two, two hats off. Indeed. My hat and your hat. Yes. I'm actually wearing a hat, so I will take it off momentarily. I'm not wearing anything. Um, <laughs> my next game is going to be Spike, which is a game that if I hadn't chosen... You would have. Yes. And uh, um, not because I think it's a great game necessarily. I, well, I guess I'll get to that. I'll, I'll let you explain why you chose it first. It's it's not a great game. It's really it's really uh, pedestrian. But it looks really cool. And it has sampled speech, which was unique for the time. Um... Well, I mean, we had things like the the we had like add-ons for other home systems that had speech in them. What was the one for the uh, uh, Intellivision? The the voice synthesis module. Oh, the, the Intellivoice. Yeah, the Intellivoice. But like, really, B seventeen bomber. God, I need to get that in the soundboard. <laughs> yeah, you do. You really do. And they also had. Uh, the one for the um, disarming the bomb, whatever the game that was. Oh, anyway. shit, yeah. No, I can't remember off the but top yeah, of my head. Um, so we've played the sound clip a couple times so far in this episode of Spike, but it's... <laughs> exactly. That's, what, that's when you die. But essentially, the game is a... Uh, God, it's kind of like a Donkey Kong meets Mario Bros., yeah, kind of. Yeah, it was definitely meant to be the the equivalent of Donkey Kong, yeah. as close as you could get. And but yeah, also I'm, Mario Bros. because it's not tall enough to be Donkey Kong. Sure, but the the idea is that um uh the evil Spud um steals your Spike's girlfriend Molly, and she's in a cage, and you can. Or is it button three, I think, switches where the cage is on the screen, and you have to get the key and then climb up ladders that you can also change the location of with the button yeah. or, or a different button to get to the top and get Molly. And then um, the evil Spud steals her again, which is very... Exactly. <laughs> yeah, so this little cutscene plays, and yeah, it's it, it's just really cool to see this sort of thing on the Vectrex, this little interlude cutscene where the, the evil Spud steals Molly, and yeah, you, most, you heard the audio there. It's the most cartoonish of yeah. any of the, Vec, the Vectrex library. Yeah. Because it, it's almost like Saturday morning cartoon style feel to it. Yeah, and it's, like I said, it's not the best game, but it oozes charm. Oh, it's and, so charming. And it's it provided so the uh, the Vectrex with its sort of unofficial mascot. So I think it's a really important game for the system. And that's not to say it's not fun, because it is fun. It is um, fun, but it's 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 not the most fun game. It's, not, it's no Fortress of Narzad, but it is um, charming. And also, it's got that... Mario, Sonic, 
mascot feel to it. Yeah. Well, it's it's, it's definitely the only platforming game for oh, the system. Yeah. So if you could call, well, yeah, you could definitely call it that. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it 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 is its own beast. Certainly, and I it's, really. It's, it's really fun. It's. I don't think it's hard to find. I think it's one no. of those. It's it's pretty easy to come across, and it's also another purple overlay. You don't need the overlay to enjoy it, kind of game. Right, but it it does look nice, and it has kind of the silhouette of a skyline on it at the top. Oh, that's so. True. It is cool, but yeah, you're not really missing much by not having it. But it, I like it in the fact that on you know on like hyper chase and pole position, it doesn't distract you from the game. It doesn't so distract that's cool. you, but it also doesn't add, so it's kind of yeah. neutral. Exactly, but it looks nice for what it is. I, I like right. the purple look. Um, yeah, I mean, I I have a few complaints about this game. I you know like i said it, it's it's not a bad game, but on once once the action starts getting frantic and really fast paced. There really isn't much room on the screen, so you kind of have to say, stay in the middle of the screen or risk just being blindsided by the enemies that are coming at you at breakneck speed. So on the later levels, there's not a whole lot of room it's to maneuver. pretty unfair. It, it really is. Uh, and it, it, that does take away from my enjoyment of it a bit. But like I said, it's just so charming. I can't help but like it. Every time, every time I finish a level and then I hear the... Or even when I die and I hear, it just puts a smile on my face. There's a, I don't know if you've ever watched him, but I'm a big fan of uh, Dr. Stuart Ashens on YouTube. Oh, yes. Ashens. Um, he talked about how him and a friend would play Spike as kids, and his friend had figured out a way to short the machine out in the back to fuck up the game. And how he fucked it up to a point where he would just say, darn it, Molly, darn it, Molly, over <laughs> and over again, like really fast. That's and awesome. The idea of that just tickles me so much that it just adds like a whole nother level of charm. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Darn it, Molly, darn it, Molly, darn it, Molly, darn it, Molly. <laughs> Metal. Darn it, Molly, darn it, Molly. Darn it, Molly. <laughs> Oh, that's brutal. Dude, what do you think for a death clock? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, w- one of the other things I did want to mention too, and it's another minor annoyance, but I hate how whenever you jump or climb a ladder, the music starts over. I... That is pretty so. I'm sure there's a very logical reason for it. No, but... I'm sure there's not. Maybe not, but it gets super annoying after a while. But I do appreciate that at least does have background music, which most games don't. It's usually just like you know, in a game like Pole Position, it's just like a humming noise of the the engine. But it does have actual background music, so I guess I got to give it a little credit for that. Yeah, there's not much music on the whole system because it's very much a early '80s arcade port system. So you're not really going to get much in the way of music. Yeah. In fact, a pinball machine would probably give you more. <laughs> right. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, so that is uh that's Spike. And uh, I, accident- I, I accidentally played that s- <laughs> instead of I meant to play this at the beginning of the episode which people probably caught. 
the Vectrek startup noise, yeah. but I played that. I played. I ended up playing them both in the podcast. I'll edit it so it's the right one. But that tells you right there how important Spike is. Yes, just in terms of thinking about the Vectrex, because there's nothing else like Spike on the system. Nothing. It's very unique. Yeah, absolutely. There are a couple of shooters. There are a number of racing games. But as far as like a platformer, Donkey Kong, Mario Bros. thing goes, it's Spike. Yeah. And in closing, I... Spike! Oh, no, Molly. (laughs) Right. Sometimes a game doesn't have to be great to be memorable. And this is definitely one of them. It's not a great game. It's it's kind of a novelty. It'll the the cutscene will give you a chuckle, and the gameplay is not great, but it's such a charming, memorable game that it had to be included on this list. It would be a crime not to have it on here, despite it not being a tremendously great game. But it it's it's a uh, like I said, it, it's sort of the mascot for the Vectrex, and a, a like discussion see... about the Vectrex isn't complete without Spike. I would like to see Spike as the next character on Super Smash Bros. Yes, I I wouldn't hold your breath on that one, but it would be awesome. He just does like a weird dance with his legs going yeah, his, out to his left, left and right. right kick. Yeah, yeah. All he right, start it and like punches <laughs> you in the face with his upside down star like body and face. That would be great. All right. Well, the next game I'm going to talk about is actually the only homebrew on this list, and that is Rockeroids, a 1996 release by John Donzilla, who's kind of the uh, the godfather of Vectrex homebrews. It's basically like really hard hemorrhoids. <laughs> yes. No. All, all this really is, it's basically just a proper Asteroids clone. I mean, there was a, a Asteroids-inspired game for the system that we will get to, and maybe I should have talked about that first, thinking about it in nah, retrospect. We'll but but this, this gave you the... This was kind of the... the the uh, the game that I think everybody wanted for the Vectrex, even though the, the other game that and I've Star, not mentioned... And Star Wars. Yeah. But, I mean, you think of classic vector screen gaming. I mean, the first thing you're going to think Asteroids. of is Asteroids. Yep. And this version, Rockeroids, is a, a very, very good version of it. That's, I mean, it's been a while since I've played the actual arcade game, so I guess I can't I can't go real deep. In, Year and a half? Yeah, since we played it at Underground Retrocade. So I, I can't Shout get really... Shout out to Scott. Yes. We, we, we got to get back there again soon. I know. Um so I can't say how, you know... Maybe on our way to Milwaukee. Right, that's <laughs> a little out of the way. Yeah, it's Maybe true. this summer sometime we can get I'm out there. I'm going to go to Milwaukee and then, like, curve around back to... Well, actually... What was the town's name? Scott, I think West Scott... D. Yeah, I think Scott will be there in Milwaukee when we go. I think... Scott, I, bring your... <laughs> bring your entire collection. Bring all of your arcade machines... On several uh, semi trucks, and yeah. we'll play asteroids on a moving vehicle. <laughs> that would be pretty awesome. Film it on a phone. Yeah, it's not gonna happen. Yeah, but yeah, Rockeroids. I mean, I I don't have a lot to say about it. I mean, the the other asteroids inspired game for the system is very good, but. When the mood calls for just plain vanilla asteroid, this version delivers. And I yeah. think 
to me, this is the best home version of Asteroids there is. Because for one, it actually has the uh, the control scheme where you, you tap the buttons to turn left and right and don't use the, the joystick, which is faithful to the original. And I prefer playing Asteroids that way. Um, the uh, At least from what I can remember, the UFOs seem a lot more dangerous in this version. And maybe it's just because it's been so long since I played the the legit arcade version. But it seems like you can't avoid the fire of the UFOs. And as soon as they pop on the screen, they get you. And I don't know that, that was annoying, but maybe, maybe that is faithful to the arcade. I, I don't exactly remember, but it, 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 this game controls very well. It, it's so faithful to, to the, the source material, just a well-programmed version of asteroids. And the, really the only way to play vector asteroids at home, unless you go out and buy That's an true. actual asteroids machine, which would be cool if I, which, who would, yeah, I mean, if if I had the room and the money, certainly, but I'd rather just buy a Vectrex and have this version because this version's very good. Um, there's a, there is actually a, uh, um, what do you call it, a uh, a, a remix version called Fitting the Rock Rockeroids Remix that kind of strays away from the the formula of the arcade game a little bit. Um, it's it's much faster, and I I'm just not. I don't have the reflexes to be any good at it, so I don't personally care for that version because I'm terrible at it. I would much rather have... Oh, Jesus. Hello? I hung up by accident. Oh, okay. For some reason, it said Jimmy G and Tim Evans were calling. So I was a little confused uh, there. You think we're different people? (laughs) Or not? This whole time. Um, No, no, I I just, just... I hit the hang up button by accident. I didn't mean That's all good. Yeah, I was just kind of wrapping up my conversation or my uh, discussion rather on Rockeroids, um, talking a little bit about the the Rockeroids Remix Edition that there is. Uh, I like this one just because I I prefer Vanilla Asteroids, but the the other one's very good if if you have the reflexes for it. Um, yeah, unfortunately, you said you didn't get to play Rockeroids. This, at is, all. this is one I didn't get to play, but I didn't feel too guilty about it because I've played Asteroids a lot. So. Yeah, and it's it's and it's, it's the same port. Yes, so. absolutely. So there's not really much it's to say. Asteroids, about it. it's Asteroids without the license. <laughs> exactly. Well, we are what we're probably about halfway into this countdown now, at least a little, little over, a little over. Yeah. We're making our way. We through each it. have two more picks. Yes. Well, let's take, then, one more quick break. We're going to come back and reveal our final four picks. And then we'll put them all together, rank them, and reveal a final list of ten for you all. Thank you so much for uh, joining us if you're listening live or on the podcast. We're about halfway home, and after the break, we're going to be back to finish up this 44th episode. Stick around. We'll be back after the break.
right, and we are back to finish up this top ten countdown of our favorite titles for the Vectrex. We have gone through six so far, just four left to go. And I believe, Tim, your pick is up next, so why don't you continue the list with your next selection? My next selection is going to be Armor Attack! Great choice. It's kind of one of those games that is synonymous with the Vectrex. Yeah, I would say so, definitely. Yeah, um, it's it's kind of one of those, like, must-have games. Yeah, I mean... it Just from word of mouth. Yeah, and it's uh it's one of the uh it's the only Cinematronics game on our list. The the others being uh Starhawk, which we did talk about in our honorable mention. The others are Cosmic uh, Cosmic Chasm, Ripoff, Solar Quest, Space Wars, and Star Castle, which is a one I always hear about people liking. I for the life of me cannot get into Star Castle. I don't quite get why it's uh, loved as like, much as it is. I don't like it either. Maybe it's just because I suck. I, that might be part of it, but I just I no, can't. No, because into it. I don't suck and I still don't care for it. Yeah, fair enough. I'm awesome. But I'm just saying I'm awesome. No, fair enough. Okay. But you do like Armor Attack. Yes, I love Armor Attack. Yeah, it's uh it 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 immediately brings to mind combat. Yes, um, exactly. From the twenty six hundred, but an entirely different game altogether. Um, and of a, the you know ob- the most obvious reason being that you can play this game just one player, and uh, it's it 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 is quite a bit of fun. Uh, Whereas combat, you can't. No, it's just unless it's, you're a sad wiener like me and you play <laughs> it against a no. A, a non-moving target. Yeah, and you're just like, oh, I got you. Look, yeah. I won again. Mom, <laughs> can I have a sandwich? <laughs> no, I don't want bologna. <laughs> I guess that's I, one way to go about does it. it. Have piment- I'll have pimento. I'll have pimento low. <laughs> no one has ever said that in their life. I'm. No, I'm busy. <laughs> God. Yeah. Well, what is it exactly that you enjoyed so much about Armor Attack? Just that it's a it's a fun military game. Yeah, it's just you know tanks. Yeah, lock each other up. Tanks and shit. What else more do you need? Tanks and guns and shit. Jeez, go! <laughs> well, you you actually don't control a tank yourself. You're like a armored Humvee type of vehicle. You you shoot tanks and helicopters. Which actually makes makes you kind of feel more badass that you're such an underpowered vehicle compared to these other ones. And but if you're you watching still the blow them up with one shot, yeah. Well, I thought that's all you could do after I had played this on the on the stream because this isn't one I play a lot on my multi cart for reasons we'll get into. Uh, but I didn't know until I read the uh, instructions after uh, I recorded this gameplay footage that uh, you actually can shoot the tanks. Again, and that'll dis- that'll disable them from firing at you. Because the first time you shoot them, they just can't move. But they can still shoot at you, but they can't move anymore. And then they disappear after a while. I didn't know you could shoot them again to completely disable them. And that made the game either. a lot more fun. I didn't either, actually. That's so, awesome. Yeah. I kinda, so once, can you, once I, I discovered gotta, that... I, I kind of got to go. Can you finish the show on your own? I'm going to just sit back and play some armor <laughs> yeah. attack. Yeah, no. Trust me, when you go back and play this, it'll be a lot more fun. It's already really fun with. Oh, I'm with sorry. Al- armor attack. Yes. 
I without knowing that, it is still really fun. But yeah, it it helps to know the entire rule set for the game. That's that's for sure. I have never played this game other than emulation. So I've I haven't played this game fully the way I think it should be experienced. Unfortunately, I mean, like I said, I do have it on the multi cart. But for me, the overlay adds so much so of the. Cool yeah, it's it's an overlay that has a lot of detail to it, but doesn't take away from the game and doesn't distract you and doesn't inhibit your performance by adding you know weird contrast and stuff to the to the play field. It just but does its at job. The same time, by looking at the overlay, you know they hired an artist. Mm-hmm. They hired somebody who knew who yeah. knew their shit. Yeah, and and if you look closely at it, you can make out some details in it because it, it, if you haven't played Armor Attack, it's 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 sort of um, set up like a just like a single screen maze. Um, and without the without the overlay, there's there's just the outline of the the play field, and then there's certain areas that are that are just drawn in vector squares that you can use as cover and whatnot. But with the overlay over it, it adds like shrubbery and some some architecture to those to those areas, and really makes it look like you're in like a you know a jungle warfare Nam. setting. Nam. Yeah, like you're just playing mash on the vectrex, which is really cool. <laughs> Especially the part where you're dressed up as a female nurse. That's yeah. the best part. It's too bad they didn't have like digitized Alan Alda voice samples. <laughs> that would have been great. And I'm sure he would have done it too. <laughs> right. Well, he was. What a. He did some video game. I don't know if it was in video games, but I know he definitely did a video game advertising. Oh yeah. I, I got to look that up now. Speaking of MASH, did you see the final episode of MASH? (laughs) I'm sure I did, because everybody did. No, I I, I was very, very young. They did not replay it. It was so fucked up. (laughs) Because he killed a little kid. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, and it was due to PTSD. Oh, yeah. That was like the big, like, bomb that they dropped at the end. He was like, she just wouldn't stop crying, and I just wanted her to stop crying. And, like, anyone watching the show just kind of sat back and went, holy shit. War. War never changes. Shit shit just got real. (laughs) Alan Alda killed a guy. Killed a kid on a bus. (laughs) It was fucked up. It was so (laughs) fucked up. That is uh that's something. You you will not get kid killing action in Armor Attack, but you'll get goddamn close. And if you use your imagination enough, you might cry. Just saying, <laughs> I, it could happen. I guess, I, I guess maybe. It, well, Armor Attack is also unique uh, for the <clears> system, <throat> and that is one of the few games to allow simultaneous multiplayer. So that is pretty cool. Yeah, you're not taking turns. Yeah, unfortunately, I never, I never got to uh, to try that out. I, I do have a. I don't, don't have, have any t- friends. Well, that and I don't <laughs> have two Vectrex controllers, but I nobody, do have. Nobody does. I do have the Vecadapt, which does allow you to use a Sega Genesis controller, which kind of works. Uh, the button configuration is weird, but I mean, it, it's a way to have another Vectrex controller without paying the absurd amounts of money it did cost you to get an. Ec- actual real extra one and i just want to say just full transparency here you have that and still have not had me over i know 
Well, yeah. to be fair, literally, I have not been over to Andy's apartment since he met Megan. Yeah, saying it is Megan's fault. <laughs> but to be fair, really nobody has because now it's just so cramped in here, and there's so much stuff. I just uh-huh, uh-huh. it sucks having people over because yeah, it's so cramped. Mm, yeah. At least that's what I'm going to tell you anyway. <laughs> you just don't want my fat, smelly, farting ass over in your apartment. <laughs> well, there's that. Uh, but about Armor Attack, two two minor gripes I had about it, and like I said, these are also pretty minor. Um, I wish there was a game mode. It doesn't have to be in all of them, but I wish there was a game mode where you could bounce your fire off the wall like you can in uh, certain variations of combat. I think it really needed that. That would have been nice. Because it, it is really hard to get a, a good uh, tactical advantage when the uh, when the, when the tanks can all they can all uh, you know pivot their uh, whatever that thing is called that shoots the the bullets at you. But turret? you can only you yes the turret you can only fight. Are you like lighting a lighter or something? No, no, I'm not. There's some sort of clicking in the background. I'm clipping my fingernails. <laughs> you have to do that now. Well, they're really long. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I was, I was I was tapping on the keyboard earlier, and I'm like, God, my fucking nails are getting in the way. I didn't think that the mic would pick it up. This is a good mic, <laughs> I guess. I'm almost done. I'm sorry. I'm not lighting a lighter. I'm not smoking pot. I just, <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. It's very unprofessional of me. I guess I guess you're practicing personal hygiene, so. Yeah, see, at least I'm... See, this, this is me getting closer and closer to being invited over to your apartment again. <laughs> that, was, that was your step one, cutting yes. your fingernails? I was like, God, I haven't been over there. It's probably because my nails are so gross. There's potatoes growing underneath there. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I, I, I apologize to anyone listening who doesn't like that sound. Um, You have my deepest condolences. <laughs> Um, but yeah, uh, Armor Attack, great game. Yes, I, I would agree. And the best overlay, I think we can both agree, which is, I think, an important part to consider when uh, talking about it. I don't know. I think the most useful overlay. True. I think, like, I personally think that the Fortress of Narzad overlay is more like immersive, but I think the Armor Attack one is more like, I think Armor Attack wouldn't be the same without like if you play armor tech without the overlay and then you play it with the overlay you're yes. playing two different games correct and this is the one game where at least in in the state that i have these games i have it just on a multi-cart without the overlay it's better in emulation because you get the overlay yeah. without right. i mean it's it's a fun game still without it but it's just it looks so drab when you're playing it without it so yeah definitely right. benefits from having the the full collection just one other annoying thing about this game that i had to bring up and it's it's a very minor complaint, but I hate that your score doesn't display except for when you die. Yes, I hate that. I don't know why that, that is. Well, it's it, so it stupid. Nigg- it, it, but it niggles me. What? You know, like excuse me. Niggle. Nigg- niggles. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's got like this. Like it's just the back of my brain. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, right. It's not a big deal. It, it's no. not a big deal. But you you like to monitor your score as you're playing. Right. That's all you have when you play older consoles like this in arcade games. Yeah, exactly. And that that really bugs me. Yeah. And it should it's so minor, but it it does. 
yeah, very bizarre. But other than that, a very good game. And there actually is a... uh, Play Armor Tech, you'll know what we're talking about. Yeah. And there is actually a a homebrew sequel for the Atari 7800, which I am going to have to buy after playing this game uh, more for this podcast. I I do really like this game, and I I bet you that... uh, I bet you that homebrew version is awesome. The the sequel, rather, and I and I bet it'll make for a great episode of the Atari seventy eight hundred homebrew podcast. Is it called Armors Attacks? No, it's just Armor Attack Two. Oh, that's okay. Yeah, that's better. Yeah, it really is. So yeah, that's <laughs> Armor Attack. <laughs> I just had to play it. I I have a bunch of these jingles that I haven't been playing here. I let didn't me... recognize that when you played that to begin with, because I don't know why I didn't recognize it, but it's like a military march sound. Yeah, very of fitting. Bullets, of bullets. Yeah, l- let me let me quick play the uh, play cup. I think there's only one that I missed. This is the uh, pole position jingle that plays before pole position. <laughs> Shit, I played it twice. <laughs> there we go. Oh, and also the the clean sweep jingle. This was taken on my phone clean sweep. <laughs> microphone, so it sounds infinitely worse. You can hear that uh, that shielding problem. Oh yeah, yeah the 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 the, the signature Vectrex buzz. Yeah, well, it's be- you can fix it really easily. Yeah, but I don't really want to. To me, it's it's part of the charm it's, of the Vectrex yeah, it at is, this point. It is pretty prolific. But it is really easy to fix if it does bother you. You just buy some of that shrink um, um, cable covering that you can buy for cars. Mm-hmm. It's like extra wide. Cover that, you know, put that, cut it to, to size, put it over your cables, and then just blow some hot air on it with like a hairdryer. You'll never see that problem again. It's yes. super, super easy fix. I can't testify to that, but sounds good to me. Well, I've done it. I've done it with other systems too. Super Podcast Brothers does not contone the actions that are coming out of Tim Evans' mouth right now. Do not hey. sue us in <laughs> case you accidentally are electrocuted while attempting this process. Well, obviously not. Turn it off. Unplug it. <laughs> Unplug it. Don't you fucking idiots. Don't don't, don't drop it in a bathtub don't. while it's plugged in. Don't take a hairdryer to your Vectrex while you're playing it. You <laughs> goddamn idiot. <laughs> if you do that, I. I <laughs> I'm done. You're done. I don't care about you. You very well might just be done. However, <laughs> yeah, you could be. However, I have I have personally fixed um, uh, arcade cabs by with that shrink wrap cable covering, so it works. Trust okay. me. Okay, I'll take your but, word for but, it. But don't do it while it's fucking plugged into the mains, you dipshit. <laughs> That's good advice. Fucker first. God, people. Some of you. I swear to God. So, uh, yeah, Armor Tech, great game, must own. Yes. It's, a, it's, a, it's the, the overlay game, I would say. Yes. Yeah. All right, well, I'm going to go on to my next pick. This is actually one we've talked about fairly recently, and I almost considered leaving it off for that reason, but didn't because the episode that I mentioned it on was Tragically Underrated Games, 
And if I'm going to call it tragically underrated and then not put it on the top 10 for a system that had like 30 or 40 games, I'm just the biggest, yeah, I'm the biggest hypocrite. So it's a repeat pick, but it's a good game. So it deserves to be discussed again. And that is Star Trek, the motion picture, which don't be off put by, yeah, don't be off put by the license. It doesn't have anything to do with Star Trek. Um, if you, if you're not familiar with Star Trek, you're not going to be uh, missing out on anything. Star Trek, the motion picture, it came out around the same time as Star Trek the motion picture so they just decided to attach the license to it yeah, but why not and I mean, it probably other, didn't hurt it but I'm sure it didn't but it it's, didn't help it either cuz that movie it, sucks ass yeah that, but i guess that's in every true. other in every other area it's it's called starship yeah even though it's clearly a star trek inspired game because the enemies you're fighting look like um romulan warships yeah and yeah, yeah it, it's a really cool game though. It's I think I described it as a sort of proto Star Fox in a way. Um, yeah, yeah, I agree. kind of. It's it's like a first person style space shooter game, and it works really well with the 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 uh, vector graphics. Um, I I like the you know how the when the end that's really the. Uh, the best part of having a vector graphic screen is when en- enemies come in, in, uh, in and out of view. You don't get like the sprite scaling and stuff that you get on the raster screens. They actually, you know, they actually, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? Scale. Yes. They, yeah. I guess they, they scale in, uh, in, in in better proportion and it looks more realistic and it's just such a smooth animation when an when an enemy comes at you and I, I really I enjoy that. I can't stress enough <clears throat> how vector game how smooth vector games look. It's like nothing else. Yeah. If and 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 I bet you there's a lot of people and even some our age that, you know, didn't grow up with, you know, vector games in the arcade that they've never seen a true vector screen. It is something to behold. I, I can't stress that enough. You it's you can't so different. It's so it's so alien compared to raster graphics. Yeah, and you, in, if you're watching the live stream and you're seeing this gameplay footage and you're like, this doesn't really look that much different. It's it, it because it's not when it's represented on a raster screen. It's not the same. And also, you have to be seeing it with your actual eyes. Yes, because you know, I I I don't know how to describe it properly, but like frames per second, what you can see versus what's going right. on. You know, it's, it's all. I mean, it's all. It's all graphics done in straight lines. There's no pixels. It's there's right. a there's point a, a and a, a point B, and there's a straight line between those two points. And there's there's a there's a, a line of light being shot against the screen. Yeah, it's so different. Yeah, but yeah, Star Trek the motion picture. It's just a really fun first person space shooter. Um, you you have sort of three different uh, three different things you need to keep in mind. Three different uh, functions of your ship, I guess, would be the better way to describe it. Of course, you have the fire, a button, which you obviously need to eliminate the enemy ships. You also do have a limited shield that you can use, which comes in comes in handy when there's a lot going on in the screen. And sometimes enemies will avoid your, your crosshair, and you can't... You, I mean, you can actually shoot the the things they fire at you to eliminate them and you have to yeah but sometimes you can't get to it in time and you need to use the shield and then the third thing you need to worry about it's like this i forget what it's called but it's like a, a 
with a linking function to where there's a space station in in uh, in a few stages. Then you need it's like to a tracking tra- a tractor beam. Yeah, and you need to link up with that, and that'll that'll uh, refuel your spaceship and your uh, and your uh, your shield. And and your be- ship runs on gasoline, which is odd. <laughs> yeah, diesel. Not not. not uh- dilithium crystals you know. it's, <laughs> it's weird. very strange well it's weird because it's the uh i think i mistakenly called it f- fuel in the last game but actually the the left meter is your fire and you actually have a limited amount of of, of times you can fire your gun if you don't refuel at these space stations oh yeah because it's photon torpedoes so. yeah and and you can actually get stuck. That's the one big problem I have with this game. You can actually get put in a position where you just have to suicide because uh, there will you'll run out of fire and you won't be able to kill all the enemies to advance to the next stage. But there are also no space stations in that level. Yeah, you're just screwed. Yeah, which that is kind of bullshit. Starfleet's not helping you out. They're just like ah, fuck you. Yeah, kill you're yourself. Just left out there to die. Yeah, yeah. I mean it's. That that is the the big flaw in this game, but despite that, I do have a lot of fun. It's it's a nice change from the you know the the hordes of asteroids and defender clones. That although being brought. left up there to die is a similar feeling to watching Star Trek the uh, motion picture. Yeah, I, I guess that is a probably very maybe they're trying to make some sort of philosophical point. It's very apropos. I mean, I I I wanted to die while watching Star Trek the motion picture, so. <laughs> Several times, especially the fucking 45-minute-long shot of the goddamn Enterprise in the beginning where it's just stupid fucking Kirk staring at a window watching the Enterprise. It's like, okay, okay, <laughs> right. we get it. <laughs> okay, well, I since we already talked about this a few episode, episodes ago, I don't, I don't want to rehash a lot of that discussion. Go back and listen to episode 39 if you want to hear more about Star Trek. Um, but it's a game worth owning. Yes, this absolutely. Is, this is definitely one of the more fun games. In and this. it's it's super cheap. You can oh, yeah, pick this up so for nothing. So, yeah, is this system, uh, is this, is the Vectrix um, uh, region locked? Like, can you play cartridges? I would assume you could. I think... Yeah, I don't think there is any sort of region locking. I've There's actually a- never come across, like, I don't know if there was, like, different Japanese carts, or they, they very well could be. I guess when it comes to that uh, that side of the, the Vectrex, I don't really know a whole lot. Well, I know for a fact honest. that the European and U.S. cartridges look the same, and they have the same chip, so... Unless there's some kind of a code blocking them out, I don't think it'd be a problem. I don't think so, but I, I can not uh, confirm or deny. I, I really don't have any idea, um, okay. unfortunately. Inter- interesting. So, I, will lo- I will try to look into that, and if I can remember, I'll bring it up next episode. <laughs> Fair enough. Figure out if, if you could play a foreign copy of Starship, because I think Star Trek The Motion Picture was purely the North American release of this game. I think so. I think that in other in other areas it was Starship. Yeah. I, I think you're right. I think it was only here with Star Trek. Yeah. Regardless, it's a great game. Yeah, it is. Go pick it up. Um but yeah, let's 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 uh keep this rolling here. We've got two li- two left rather. Why don't you reveal your final selection for this list? 
my final selection is ah, it's damn near one. Of, it's damn near my favorite game on the system, and that is Scramble, um, which is a. Exactly. And there are other systems you could play Scramble for, but I think so. Actually, actually no, there there actually weren't. Um, there's a, a, a 7800 homebrew out now, but at the time, the, the only other home console yeah. version of Scramble was for something called the Tomy Tutor that was only out in Japan. I have no idea what that was. Uh, so That's weird. No, basically, this was the only version. In, in, yeah, because... In all uh, in all practical in all practicality, this was the only one that was available. Um, yeah, because I, I I've never played it in anything else, but I feel like it was somehow in other. You could play it in other ways, but anyway, regardless, uh, it's a it's a, a horizontal shooter. Um, wait, no, yes, yeah. Yes, horizontal. Sorry, <laughs> I I can't stress enough how how much Nyquil I am <laughs> on right now. Um, yeah, it's a horizontal shooter, and you can shoot straight ahead or you can drop bombs. And there's a a landscape underneath you that has uh, missile silos that'll fire up, and it also has fuel depots that you somehow collect by blowing them to shit. Um, and then uh, a landscape in front of you that repeats, but it's just such a fun, like play it all night kind of game. Um, I think this is, well, I don't think this is definitely a game that I have spent a shit ton of time playing on the Vectrex and I've only emulated, but still it's so much fun. It's just such a great, um, throwback to like the early days of shooters as we know them now. Yeah, where we, we look at games like you know, uh, Gradius and well, this is like kind of the the spiritual predecessor to to Gradius. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's a it got Konami game. They didn't make this version, but it was licensed from the the original game developed by Konami. Right. So it's it is pretty much Gradius Zero. Yes, absolutely. But there's one thing about this game that really separates it from Gradius, and I guess not, because in Gradius you've got bombs as well that go down, but it just feels so much more accurate in this one. In 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 Gradius, when you drop your bomb, it's just kind of like a, yeah, it's happening while I fire my gun. Sure. But in this one, it's, you have to actually kind of balance that. Yeah, and because to me, a that's of, a lot of times there's shit below you that's way more important. Yeah, you have to you have to sh- you get the fuel barrel. So you need that fuel. You yeah. need that fuel. And that's actually the part in this version that I liked the least. I I thought the bomb tra- tra- uh, bomb trajectory rather in the arcade version is much more. It's much easier to aim and kind of predict where it's going to go. It makes more sense in the arcade because in this one. Your bombs move with your fucking ship. Yeah, it's it's bizarre. And in, in the in the arcade game, they they sort of arc out and then fall straight down. In this version, they just kind of have just this arc that doesn't end, and it's really hard to aim. You well, it's not, but you have to get used to it. True. Yeah, I I suppose that's just because I'm not used to it. But I I do like the arcade version better than this. I will say, but this is a a, a 
a good version. There's one part at the end of the because uh, it kind of takes place in six different stages, and there's there's one at the very end. There's this part where, and you might know what I'm talking about, and I'm actually just coming up on it here in the uh, in the live stream, the video where you have to go down this really narrow incline, and there isn't any room to maneuver. And I, I can, love that part. I can I never it. get past it. Well, neither can I, but I still love it. <laughs> I don't know if it's actually possible. It seems impossible. I no, bet you, you there's a way to do it. No, but. you can't. I've done it multiple times. Okay. But it's really tough. It but is. I, but, I, but, but other than Fortress of Narzot, I've spent the most time playing a scramble. Um, and just playing it over and over and over and over again, I got really used to the way that the missiles, the bombs fall mm-hmm. and also the different sections of the game. So I think it's one of those things where it's just like, it sucks until you get used to it. Fair enough. And you, which, and you might which, be right. I don't know if that means it's good or bad. I, I don't I'm, think it's either. I just think it's, it's different. It's and- different, but it's, but it's one of those things where it's like, it should be pick up and play, but it's kind of not. Uh, yeah, I get what you're saying. Um, the the other major complaint I have about this game, this also falls into the category of way overthinking the overlay. Um, oh yeah, definitely. I get the the original arcade game is very colorful, has some sharp contrasting colors that look really good offset with the black in the arcade game. But the overlay is just it's this big just Rastafarian it's a mess. Fucking mess. Yeah. yeah. It's a disaster. Yeah, it's it's kind of got this uh, cascading red, yellow, green with these different horizontal lines. It's, this just don't use the overlay. This it's, one is this one is one you're fine. I actually do have the cartridge. This is the second game I got for my Vectrex, and I had no problem just playing it with the cartridge, no overlay. It's actually better in my opinion. That it's way. Ross Trent. <laughs> yes, Ross Trent, Rastafarianism. Exactly. All right. Well, that's if scramble. You, if you if you play this with the overlay, you're a bald head. <laughs> I mean, it's not bad. No, it's it's just over. It's just overkill. overkill. It, yeah, it 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 distracts, and that's that's an issue. But still, a very good game. Just just take the overlay off. Don't use it. And it's fine. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm to my last pick, and this is probably the most obvious pick for this system. Um, I didn't really save it for last for that reason, but... Uh, Anyone can guess at this point. Yeah, and actually, if you just give me a second, I don't think I loaded the uh, the gameplay footage into oh, my... Oh, for fuck's sake, <laughs> dude. I know, <laughs> fucking unprofessional. Jesus Christ! But I have to have it. I, I can't not play the gameplay footage for That's this it. game. Cancel the podcast. <laughs> it's Take over. Away, guys, we're done! <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. Give me, give me one second while I set this up. I'm, I'm, I'm sure everybody knows what's coming at this point. Um, not going to be, of course, not, not going to be a shocker. And that is Blitz, the football game. <laughs> no, that game's terrible. Or, or what? Heads up, the soccer game. That's just awful. Oh, gee, it's unplayable. Yeah, unplayable. Uh, I 100% agree. No, my actual pick is Mindstorm. Well, I guess you could say that. That's actually probably the better pick. Well, yeah, um, it is because you can beat it. Yeah, but for somebody like me who can't get to the part in Mindstorm where it glitches out and crashes the system. Or for it, most people who can't yeah. buy a copy of Mindstorm 2, which is 
rarer than hen's teeth. Yeah. Not quite as rare as Mr. Boston, but still pretty rare. It's it's I'd say it's equal. Yeah, I I I think there are definitely more copies of Mindstorm too, but still probably oh, out yeah, of reach you, for yeah, most you're people. Probably right, because well, here's the story: Mindstorm is a um, it's an asteroids ripoff, but it's it's an it's a ripoff in the same way that uh, Clean Sweep is a ripoff of Pac-Man. Right. It it's takes a formula and enough. adds different twists to it. But the thing is, and enhances it. There's a, I think it's what level thirteen. Yes, that. Um, you can't finish it because the game is broken fundamentally. Yeah. And Which if you, you have to be you, really good to get to that point, by the if way. You get to the, well, yeah, definitely. But if you get to that point, it, back in 82, if you got... This game is built into the system, by yes, the way. Yes, that is important to mention. So if you turn the system on without a cartridge in it, it'll play this game, which that's pretty rare. I can't think of too many consoles that had a game built into the console. I think... This and like the, the Sega Master System. Yeah, I was going to say the Master System is the only one I can think okay, of. Alex Kidd and fuck. Um, or the GameCom had Solitaire built in. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> uh, um, the Arju Boy. <laughs> no, it doesn't count. Yeah, it doesn't. No, but yeah, so you couldn't get past level 13 on Mindstorm. If you got to that point and you were like, what the fuck is going on? And you sent. Um, a letter to the company, they would send you a cartridge that said Mindstorm 2, which yeah. is just, the, the, it's Mindstorm, but you can beat it. Yeah, or you can at least get a lot farther. I don't, I don't know if it's a game you can actually beat, but you can get you can get well past you level 13. You can get 13, past 13 if which you're, I, if you're yeah. a goddamn beast and you actually are good enough to play that far. Yeah, and I think the farthest I've ever gotten, and this was only a, a handful of times, was level 6. Oh, I got to two. That's as far as I got. <laughs> yeah, I for some reason, suck at these games. No, for some reason, this is a game I don't think emulates quite right because there were there were a lot of times where I, my ship would just spontaneously combust. It felt like for no reason. I, I think there's issues with the emulation. Either that, or I just got a lot worse at it since I originally played it a lot. Story of my life, right there. Yeah, uh, but how this varies from the original asteroids is that well, you're not really for first off, you're not really. Uh, shooting asteroids they're obviously Bombs. mines and it's got one of the coolest uh c- kind of like how in spike how it gives you a little cutscene before the stage it, it shows this big mothership that drops the mines on the screen and that it, looks really cool yeah and you see it just sort of uh, go off into the distance or kind of coalesces into a single point and with the vector screen it just looks awesome do you have the creepy music for yes one? I was actually going to play that. Well, yeah, so when the when the mothership comes on the screen, you hear this. It's so the thing is even though it's from the Vectrex, which is 82, that music makes me think of The Legend of Zelda for NES. Kind of, yeah. I I I can see why you'd say that. It, it makes me think of level 9. Ganon's dungeon in legend of zelda because oh, it's sure. just it's just so ominous yeah dun, 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 dun. and in that cutscene, it it the, the 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 scope doesn't make any sense 
because in the game itself, it's played from the angle of asteroids where you're a ship that rotates around. But in that cutscene where it drops the mines, the ship is coming from your perspective into the distance. Yeah. Yeah, it makes it, no sense, but it sure looks cool. It looks, yeah, it looks, it looks fantastic. Um, yeah, but aside from the uh, from the just the standard mines that are in the in the first couple levels, I think it's actually in the second level you're introduced to. I think they're called the fireball mines, which are the just the biggest pain in the ass. So after little, you little stars that home in on you. Yeah, well, that that's the uh, those are a little bit different, but the fireball ones are the ones where you shoot them, and when they explode, they shoot uh, they shoot back at you. So oh, they split. once they blow up, the, the and they have this little uh, it's like this little spark that shoots back in your direction, and if you don't shoot it or avoid it, it kills you, and that's super oh, annoying. Yeah, that's right, I forgot about that. That does suck. Yeah, but I but mean, you it, get used to it though. Yeah, it's it's part of what makes this game great. There's just and that, they look, they look different than the regular minds yes yeah you know you know ahead of time right that that's just the thing too yeah you you know which ones are going to do that so you can kind of plan your strategy around that you'll eventually get to ones later that both they they do that and they're like homing so they'll they'll no matter where you go they'll kind of follow you around the stage and yeah it just gets crazy intense pretty quickly with this game this this doesn't suffer from what i what i thought was a little bit of a pacing issue in clean sweep after the, the, you get through the first stage they really just start coming at you it's which it, is it, why i died on stage 2 yeah yeah, it, it does take a little while to get used to after you kind of get a feel for the different enemy types you can i can pretty uh pretty consistently get to level four or five which i know really isn't saying that much but <laughs> yeah for me for me that was uh about as good as i was gonna get um, way the fuck better than me yeah but i just i i did wanted to touch on how this was the the perfect pack-in game for the system because for one the you know the the big vector game that people loved was asteroids so to bundle a game that was based on asteroids was the smart thing to do it really showed off the capabilities of the vector screen like i said with the, the cut scene at the beginning or that little scene where the you're like flying through hyperspace and the, the you know the vector uh the vector streaks are kind of going across the str- across the screen, and when you blow up the mines, it has a really cool looking vector explosion. I, this was the perfect game to to show off what made the Vectrex cool and unique. And well, there's there's two games they they could have chosen, this or Star Wars, and Star Wars has got that huge license attached to it, very expensive to buy, I'm sure, um, and. Even still, this is out of the out of those two big vector games. This is the one you can anyone dad can pick it up and play it. Yeah, you know anyone can play Mindstorm. It's as simple as simple can be. Sure, simple uh, simple to play, hard to master. You know, which yeah, is the, I, the hallmark of a good game. Yeah, I I, I would one hundred percent agree with that. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's going to be up there for the top pick for me just because it is such a fun game on its own, uh, and it comes with the fucking system. Right. And it was such a great choice for the, the packing game on the system. And, and the overlay is pretty, is pretty good too. They're, they're kind of rare to find. Um, I, which is funny because 
Right. It came with the fucking system. Yeah, you'd think they'd be easier like to come by, but... Hard to find a copy of Combat for the 2600. No. <laughs> right. No, never. No. Not at all. But, I mean, it's the game is just fine without it, too. It's just one of those that... It has a really cool, nice, like, blue grid. And you'd think, you know, based on all my complaining about other overlays having tons of lines, this has the most, but the lines are very translucent. And it, it makes sense. It looks good with it. Yeah, exactly. So It's aesthetically pleasing. Right. But at the same time, you're not missing out on anything by not having it there. No. But unfortunately, yeah, I don't have one. I would like to get one if I could find a an overlay for this for twenty bucks. I'd, Dude, I'd probably, you could probably pick it up. Fucking find somebody to. Pr- There's got to be some Etsy store out there that'll print <laughs> these off. Yeah, you know what I'm saying there are people out. There are ways to kind of manu- pe- manufacture your own. I think the images are out there to do it, and there are there are various uh, methods you can go about making your own. So maybe one day I'm going to to Although, try to do that. It won't be the same with all the scratches over it making <laughs> right. it look cloudy. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and they all are like that now. With dried sweat and blood all over it. Well, I don't know. I don't know Some about blood. sad but. little six-year-old in 1982 <laughs> crying over it. All right. Easy now. <laughs> right, let's just... Getting a little personal now. Let's let's just play this one uh, this one more time for good measure, and then we'll begin to wrap it up. You know, I actually equate that a lot to the um, the intro to Metroid on the NES. You know what I'm talking about? Not really. I'm not a huge Metroid fan. Well, the when you turn on the cartridge on Metroid in the NES, there's this really haunting tune, and it's it really gives you that sense of like alone in space dread. It, it does feel, convey that emotion very well. Uh, yeah, I feel like Mindstorm that that ditty for the intro to Mindstorm does that too. Like it, it just gives you that like in space, no one can hear you scream kind of dread. You know, absolutely. Yeah, it's great. It's very very appropriate to the game. Yeah, totally. Yeah, Mindstorm very quality game, and one that if you have a Vectrex, you own. So everybody that has yeah. a Vectrex has this game. Just so turn it's it on easy with to obtain. Yeah. Well, there's one more thing I wanted to get to. And actually, Tim, while I'm doing this, if you can text me your uh, rankings, because this will take me a bit to get through. I emailed I, them to you already. Oh, did you? Well, yeah, like in half case, an hour ago. Oh, in that case, never mind. But I'm going to read this anyways. We got a email from our good friend Richard from Ireland, who is a, a big Vectrex fan. And I, I I told him to to send us his thoughts on this since it's you know he's in a different time zone can't call in, um, but I wanted to read this because I actually haven't read through this yet so uh, <clears throat> so I'll, I'll be interested to see what he says as well. Richard says I've personally always found the Vectrex intriguing since I first discovered its existence many years ago, and it wasn't something that I personally owned until last year. Just like me, I got mine last year as well. And I notice when I notice somebody who's selling one locally on eBay for an excellent buy it now price of two hundred pounds with six games included. Nice. I contacted yeah, that's a that's a pretty good price if that's if my steal. Yeah. He said he contacted the seller and arranged to pick it up. It should be noted that Ireland, particularly Northern Ireland, isn't renowned for its retro gaming halls, so I jumped at the chance to get something so often coveted at so cheap a price. Is she I from love Northern it. Ireland? Oh my god. The the Nathan explosion Tim is back. Although they can't hear that on the stream. I'm sorry. 
<laughs> it's got your uh, garbled voice, but yeah, that doesn't translate to the to the recording thing. No, me. I was just asking if he's from Northern Ireland. I think so. I don't know. If- Northern Ireland's not part of the United Kingdom, right? I I don't know if he means like the northern part of Ireland or actual Northern Ireland. Maybe mm. he can clarify that. Either Brutal. way. Um, but he goes on to say, I love the system. <clears throat> I love its simplicity, which lends itself well to the innovation at the time. The vector graphic screen is only really to be truly appreciate, appreciated in person. Many friends scoffed at the idea of a console older than them, but all had changed their minds when they saw it in action with its smooth on-screen movement, sharp visuals, and arcade-style controls. My favorite games for the system include the following. Berserk. Hands down, this is the finest version of the arcade classic. It works brilliantly with the controller. The screen aspect is great, and the movement allows uh, the movement around the levels just works. It is intuitive and fun to play. Mindstorm. This I is agree. A- I agree that that with everything you said about Berserk, I just think Berserk's not that good of a game to begin with. Yeah, I I can see why you'd maybe think that. It's not my favorite arcade game either, but. Maybe I'm a dick for saying that. I don't know. Yeah. I'm sure there are plenty that will disagree with you. But he goes on to say, Mindstorm, this is a great pack and title and was not only intuitive, but also improved upon the much-tread-upon Asteroids formula. This is a great introduction to the system, and many of my friends who would otherwise scoff at these relatively simple games found it... (coughs) Excuse me. (coughs) Too much talking today. To be immensely enjoyable, challenging, and an engrossing experience. Bedlam, batshit insanity. That's probably the best way you can describe that game. Yeah, that's a perfect, perfect description. <laughs> yeah. He says, it's like an inverted tempest, but it involves you in such a different manner. It grabs you by the fucking balls, turns the intensity up, and makes you want to fucking scream when you're playing it. It's almost like nutting and she keeps sucking. <laughs> I think that was uh, that was actually the, the, the instruction booklet said that. Yes, I, I think yeah. you might be right. It's great. It's great fun as a drinking game. Bedlam, not nutting and sucking. Yeah, That's it said that point. in the instruction booklet too. He's just <laughs> copying that shit. Maybe he wrote the instruction manual. Oh my know. god, you're right. <laughs> and he says scramble. Well, it's classic, classic, classic scramble. It just it's works and it's scramble. <laughs> instantly gratifying. The vector style makes it look like you're dropping turds on ground ships whilst you're pissing out of the front of your craft. Again, that's the instruction <laughs> booklet. <laughs> or rather, that's more right. in- appropriately, your flying chode. Hmm. It's definitely an enjoyable game, he says. His last one is Clean Sweep. I had heard negative things about this game before I had played it, but I actually really enjoy it. Us too. It it takes the tired Pac-Man style of the era and reinvents invents it with a classic or with a collect and dump game mechanic. It's fairly brutal in terms of its difficulty when avoiding enemies, but there is instant gratification when you dump your load in the box. Great game. Couldn't have said it better myself. Yes. There's, there's great gratification when you dump your load in the box. <laughs> there always is. You know, that's a credo I live my life by. <laughs> he closes out by saying, Sorry for the long expons- or response. Rather, I love the Vectrex and was unfortunately a victim of era in which it was released. A console encased in its own TV unit was a novel idea that unfortunately didn't catch on given that households were often battling for dominion over a single TV. Well, so, you know, you and I 
Andy, we both um, fell victim to that as well. Yeah. You because of age, me because of age, and also just because I didn't even know this thing existed until I was like 25. Yeah, I, I, I had heard about it, I think, because I, I started following retro gaming, especially from this era, at a pretty young age. But even then, I, it's, it's not one that I really put much thought into or really considered as one that I should pick up. It wasn't until, I, I probably until I started listening to Retro Gaming Roundup of around the time that started up. Um, yeah. And yeah. they, uh, they, they would often talk, uh, talk quite highly of the system. And it's, I, I actually should have listened to their top 10. They did a top 10, I think it was about a year and a half ago. And I think, if I remember right, it was actually the, uh, the last Retro Gaming Roundup to have Mike Kennedy on it. Sadly. Oh really? Yeah, I think it was it was uh late 2015 if I remember right. Ah, um, it's ancient. Yeah. I know. It's it uh, what what a saga that was. <laughs> um So yeah, I'm just getting the uh excuse me, I'm trying to multitask and getting in getting these uh these picks in here to the uh to the old uh gonculator here. <laughs> the formulator here to uh you should have a sound effect for that machine like right some kind of uh some kind of like crazy sciencey sound right yeah well we usually do we usually do this during breaks but i didn't want to have to break again to do this bill so. nye the science guy sounding like explosions and steam <laughs> okay science is cool science is cool Unfortunately, living in America, you wouldn't know that that was the case, but I promise you that is the truth. Science is real, from the Big Bang to DNA. There you go. All right. All right. Well, I've got these all ranked. Speaking of Donkey Kong, this uh, the Vectrex equivalent to Donkey Kong, I guess you could say. Finished at our number 10 spot. We both gave it that score. That is Spike. So I I think that's a great spot. Yeah, it needed to be on the list, but I just couldn't put it any higher than that because there's a lot a lot better games, uh, and it's not that unique. No. Uh, at number nine, ahead of that, the only homebrew on this list, Rockeroids. I gave it a seven. You gave it a nine. So it, I I would have put it higher, but I didn't get to play it. Yeah, but honestly, that that's a good spot for it. It's I mean it's it's not unique at all. That it's it's a port and. It it is what it is. It's really fun. It deserved to be on this list, but I'm all it's, right with it being it's there. It's no Mindstorm. Yes. All right. At number eight, ahead of that, Star Trek The Motion Picture, getting a six from me and a seven from you. Good spot. Good spot. Yeah. At number seven is Clean Sweep. This got a five from me and an eight from you. I think yep. that's a pretty good position for that. I agree with this spot, too. Yeah. At number six is Scramble. I brought this one down. You put this as your number two, but I rated it a nine, and I just did that because that one part I can't get past. It's just it really hinders my enjoyment. But it is a good game. Um, so yeah, and and the overlay hurt it too, in in my opinion. But fair enough. It still it still finishes at a respectable number six. Yeah, it's still on this list. Yes. At number five is pole position. This one got a number four ranking for me and a six from you. So I'll drop even. right there in the middle of the list. Ahead of that, this was your number one pick. Unfortunately, I dragged it down to a four, and that is Fortress of Narzad. Where did you put it? At number eight. 
Oh, you I'm, bastard! <laughs> I know. I they're just. I enjoyed the other games so much more. I like I it's said. It's not. I, it's not unique. It's really. Oh, it is. Not, it is in it, a lot but of ways. It, but, but in in terms of gameplay, it's not super novel. It really I, isn't. It's a shooter. Yeah, I just hate the, hated the fact that it let me kill myself so easily. But that's I guess true. that's my own fault. But I I just have this is purely a very self indulgent pick for number one for me, just because I don't know. It's just it's got something that just hooks me. Fair enough. At number three, ahead of that in the bronze medal position is Bedlam. You gave it a five. I gave it a two. It ended up finishing pretty highly for me, especially given the fact this this is one I sort of flip flopped on, but. Uh, it ended up faring very well, finishing at that number three spot. It's a great game. Yeah, I I would agree with that. At number two is Armor Attack. Uh, we both gave this a three, but it averaged out the second best out of all of them, so it winds up there in that silver medal spot. I'm okay with that. I, I really like this game, and it has a fantastic overlay. Yeah, it does. And predictably, surprising nobody, the number one game... Mindstorm. This was my number one pick. You gave it a number four. Just giving it the edge over Armor Attack and finishing at the number one position. And luckily, it's the easiest game to buy for the system. Yeah, exactly. So if, Everyone if you, gets to play it. Yes. You get a Mindstorm. You get a Mindstorm. Everybody gets a Mindstorm. <laughs> it just reminds me of that altered gif or gif of that scene from the Oprah Winfrey show. Uh, yeah. Yeah, we're just like bees. (laughs) You get bees. You get bees. Everyone gets bees. Exactly. It's just wasps attacking the audience, and they're screaming in happiness in reality, but in the GIF, it just looks like they're screaming in horror. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, pretty great. All right. Well, that is our top ten Vectrex games. Nice to finally get to get to talk about the Vectrex a little bit. It's so unique, and we've we've. We've stuck the tip of our Vectrex dick into the vagina of discussion a number of times, but this is the full. This is the first time we've ever gone full shaft, which is <laughs> you know a horrible analogy, but totally it is. Horrible. That's that's one way to put it. But it's so it's so true though. Yeah. Well, we hope you all had fun on this ride through the through the vector dimension, as it were. And we hope you'll come back and join us for our next episode, episode forty-five, the uh, Werewolf: The Last Warrior special. And also, make sure to uh, check out not only us on the Pie Factory podcast, but yes. just check out the Pie Factory podcast in general because it's it, if you like us. <laughs> You'll never listen to us again by listening to them because they know what they're doing. That's true. It's so much different to listen to a show where it's two people who actually like have a, a, a genuine opinion. Indeed. Whereas like, you know, one guy with a genuine opinion and like a drunk Jew. So. <laughs> <clears throat> All right. Well, with that said, we are going to get out of here. Thank you so much again for joining us. Check us out on Super Podcast Bros, uh, bros.com at Podcast Bros and Facebook.com slash Super Podcast Brothers. Thanks again for joining us. And until next time. As always, the Super Podcast Brothers remind you to stay classic. Thanks 
for listening to the Super Podcast Brothers Retro Gaming Show. You can find us online at superpodcastbros.com or at facebook.com forward slash superpodcastbrothers. Turd nuggets. <laughs>